Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hey everybody, grab your tissues and not in the good way because this is going to be a disaster. Oh, this episode is here. Uh, it's oh. the Oz Network and we are not happy chappies today. Uh, I think we've talked about this episode ever since we started this show and 18 years later we're finally here <laughs> uh i know that i'm going to be going through a lot of tissues when i watch this episode and also when i'm talking about it we're talking about the candidate uh and this is the 14th episode of the last season of lost written by elizabeth sarnoff and jim galasso how dare elizabeth and jim do this to us and directed by Jack Bender. Uh, we are here. So my name is Noah and... No! And if you're not a patient, you can call me Ben. That was a bit cheerier. Oh, um, Bernard. <laughs> yeah, we're really sad because of the return of Bernard. Um <laughs> But Helen's there to save the day. Yeah. TV's Katie Seagull is back, so that's <laughs> one thing. Um, oh, this episode of Lost. Oh, my God. Yeah. it's. I mean, it, this is a great episode. Uh, like, can we just start out by saying this is a fantastic episode? But, um, yeah, God, I mean, I cried my eyes out watching this last night and it got to the point where, like, the scene was on and I'm like, oh no, it's, it's happening, it's happening. So I flip my phone on the other side so it doesn't get any notifications so I don't get distracted. And then this cat that my dad's looking after, she's a cute little thing, but she's very vocal and very annoying. She decides to walk in the room at that point and start going, meow, meow, meow. I'm like, get out, shut up, shut up. Like, it's, you know, this scene's happening right now. <laughs> You're ruining it, cat. So, ruining it, cat. Normally but, it's um, my house where the cats ruin the episode. I actually, <laughs> oh, classic best of moment. Um, but I, for some reason, always forget that this is like in this. I always think this is in the penultimate episode of the entire series. Like I always forget this is like the fourth last episode. Um, but yeah, obviously known for one scene. But outside of this one scene, like this episode goes by so quickly. The on island stuff is tense and like, oh, what's happening here? Like badass lock action, Alan Dale. Like it's you know like oh, and then. I actually love the flash sideways stuff because Jack's finally starting to get a bit like, you're also on a Oceanic Flight 8. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is weird. Um, so, yeah, uh, great great episode. But, yeah, bring the tissues. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it is a great episode. Very, 
we I, we've said it before, but Lost is not really an action show. It doesn't get enough credit for its action. Like the direction on that, all the action sequences are great, and this episode is action packed. Um, I think we've got to. I mean, obviously, we'll give shout outs to Yunjin Kim and Daniel Day Kim oh. later, but I want to I want to give the award to Terry O'Quinn this week as well. Like, yeah, Terry Terry's on fire this week, wasn't he? Badass. I think everyone is great. Yeah. Like Matthew Fox is doing great stuff on both sides. Yeah, I think Ma- Evangeline Lilly was good. I mean, Emily DeRaven <laughs> does a pretty decent job this week, not going to lie. Um, I think like, everybody ticks the boxes. I mean, Kevin Teague, Oz Networks, Kevin Teague sits there in a wheelchair uh, with a bit of a dirt face, but other than that, um, does a solid job of that. But, yeah, no, I'm, I'm on board. Uh, Terry O'Quinn is, like, Terry O'Quinn for Bond. He should have been James Bond with some of the stuff he's put pulled a wig up. On in. Put a- <laughs> You didn't want an American Bond, but you'd be okay with Terry O'Quinn as an American Bond, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Evangeline Lily Bond girl. Um, oh. she, she actually might not be too bad as like She's a sort of right. cringy sort of Bond girl. Yeah. Like a sort of Christmas Joan. I think with the short um, hair, like as much as I'm not a fan of her with the short hair, she looks badass. Like I could see her as like a bit of like yeah. an assassin type of Bond yeah. girl with that. Yeah. There we go. Evangeline Lily, Bond 26, Idris Elba. Don't have to wear a mask um, on Bond. Uh, Evangeline, you're all good. Uh, yeah, I just, there's something about Terry O'Quinn that you forget that this is the same actor. You don't mm. even think of him as John Locke. Even in the, we get John Locke in the flash sideways. It just, when he's on that plane and he's like doing all of his things and talking to Emily Duravan, like, oh my God, do he's you, just on fire. Do you, you mentioned a few weeks back about maybe we were robbed of having Titus Welliver just play this for the rest of it. But do you kind of picture him as Titus? Like, I, I, like, I don't know if you like body swap, like Freaky Friday. Like, I don't know. I just thought of that. But, like, when you're watching a movie like that, you kind of, you know, you picture that person. Like, face off. Like, you picture John Travolta is actually Nicolas Cage and you picture Nicolas Cage. Like, I somehow am watching this now seeing Terry O'Quinn playing Titus Welliver's Man in Black and, like, it works. Like, it kind of... I can see this being Titus Welliver. I don't know if that's just me or not. No, I, I can see it as the same character. Um, so were we robbed next week of not having Terry O'Quinn play the young boy <laughs> in black? <laughs> I actually would... got to say this right now. They are good actors next week, so I wouldn't take <laughs> away from those two. Um... But yeah, I just wanted to give the shout out to all of them, really. But Terry O'Quinn, uh, um, I do have to say we will give the shout out to Daniel and Yunjin. But up until sort of that moment, they got a bit, bit robbed of things. To the, it is this weird thing. I don't know if you thought of this. You know, when they're standing outside the plane and Terry's up there on the outside of Lapidus, every single one of those characters is a season one original crash survivor. Mm. outside of Lapidus. So I'm like, we've been introduced to all these Bens and Desmonds, but it's weird to think that everyone standing there has been on this show since they filmed the pilot, which is kind of cool. Which you also think in this episode that we always talk about this death scene of uh, Jin and Sun. We do also lose a season one crash survivor in this same <laughs> scene, which no one gives a shit about. Thanks, Saeed. <laughs> oh, rip <Yeah>. Saeed. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um Oh, uh, he gets his little moment at the end, at least. Um, <laughs> God. Josh Holloway, too, great job this yeah. week. Like jo- Josh, this whole season's been on fire. Um, and Jorge at the end, holy crap! No, oh, we'll get to that. Oh, I can't even think about that. Oh my God! 
Um, so yeah, this is the death episode, the triple whammy. I remember watching this pretty vividly. Um, and me too, being actually. Very upset and having to take a moment after the episode, and still, no matter how many times I watch it, I cry. Like it's mm-hmm. just. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, we'll do the flash sideways, which this week it's kind of a Jack Lock flash sideways. I have to say, I do like the flash sideways this time. It feels like things are moving a bit. And, um, but just, we start with uh, Lock coming out of the surgery, and then the, uh, he recognizes Jack from Oceanic 815. Um, Everybody just remembers these flight numbers. I still don't get over it. I don't remember any flight number I've ever been on like two hours after I've got off the plane. And uh, this is where uh, uh, Jack's saying, oh, you're a candidate, wink, wink, to this new surgery. Please take it. Uh, and this we get, I was excited to see TV's Katie Seagull come back. Yeah. Uh, Helen's in the afterlife. That was fun. Is this her last? This is no. She's in the church, Ben. So no, it's not her last. Yeah, she gets to go to the church. Yeah. No, she's not in the church. Not in the church. Isn't she? I no, thought she was in the church. Rock is by himself. Oh, why isn't she in the church? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, Damon? Like, come on. <laughs> Poor Gummy Joe's a loner, even in the afterlife. Uh, she he, he doesn't get to have her in the church. Yeah, this is her last episode. Oh, okay, TV. Well, she she did that Sons of Anarchy, right? Was she on that at this time, or I don't know. Never watched it. Can you believe that she was only in four episodes? She made really? such an impression for just four episodes. What's well, Katie Seagal? Like sixteen. She yeah. leaves an amazing impression. She's Katie Seagal. Um, but did you ever watch Married with Children? No. I used to like that was a show which like my dad loved, and I probably shouldn't have been watching as like a five year old, but um. I used to like that. That was a good show. It's funny. Doesn't hold up 20 years, 30 years later, probably not in 2022 standards, but they're cancelling Greece. They're cancelling Married with Children. Married with Children. Uh, for Ben and Noah, that's just too unrealistic of a, <laughs> of a concept. Yeah. <laughs> that's <Touché>. Colin. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer, uh, well, actually, not friends. Don't have them. Um <laughs> What what's a more apt? Two broke girls. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's us. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> yep. Two broke girls. That's us. I wanted I wanted to say two guys, a girl, and a pizza place, but I mean, there's only two guys. We don't have a girl, and we don't have a pizza place. So, <laughs> two broke girls. That's good. Did you watch that? I used to like two guys, a girl, and a pizza place. Ryan Reynolds. Uh, I've days. seen it, but I thought you meant two funny broke show. girls. No. Third Rock um, from the Sun. Suddenly, Susan, uh, <laughs> Veronica's closet. <laughs> I like John Lithgow. He was the rock from someone, wasn't he? Yeah, he was uh, the alien. And that was uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt as well. Sort of John Lithgow. Yeah. Um, he, what was he in? He was in something recently. I know he came back for the Dexter thing, but he was in something else recently. Yeah. I think he did one of those Vanity Fairs, like, look back at his life thing, and he talked a lot about Shrek. So, you know. Um, Why has he always forgotten about in Shrek? Like, he's the best villain in all of Shrek. Bugger Prince Charming and all the other ones. Bring back John Lithgow in Lost. Like, he could be a good Charles Widmore. Um, yeah. Good call. But speaking of old white men, uh, this is a fun <laughs> sort of scene. I like this, where Jack goes to visit Dr. Bernard 
Uh, the first time we see him working as a dentist, I, it's fun to see Bernard back, right? Um, he looks like a dentist. Like, I think they've done, yeah. they've got to, but I've got to ask the question, like, so Jack's being Jack, like, can't let it go, like, oh, why doesn't he want the surgery or whatever? Do you really then go to the dentist? Like, it's kind of like, why does he go to the dentist? And, like, is this a thing that doctors share stuff with each other? He doesn't show his doctor badge. I could just walk into a dentist and go, hi, Dr. Bernard, I'm Dr. Ben. I want some details on a patient. Uh. Bernard is good because he doesn't give away the details. So I can't do that. Um, but he still gives this something. Is, this is where they find out, oh, we were on the same flight. And I love Bernard's like, yeah, I was sitting across from you. You were flirting with my wife. And I was yeah. in the <laughs> Jack doesn't <laughs> deny it. <laughs> yeah, Jack's like, yeah. <laughs> <She's> um, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's fun little scene. And this is where Jack's like, oh, you were on the same flight. It is pretty weird. Um uh, yeah, but he does give away, like, I also treated his dad uh, and he gives that name away, which is a bit dodged from Bernard. But um, And then what what does Jack say? Like, how did you, how do you remember that or whatever? And he's like, because I do. So do you think at this point Bernard has woken up? <coughs> is that the Excuse implication? Me. Yeah, I, that actually clicked in this watch because... It, uh, you know, as much as I say, like, it doesn't make, why do you go see the dentist? Like, but whatever. But like, yeah, like the way he does it, because it makes no sense. Like, I still want to know why Anthony Cooper's gone to the freaking dentist after this accident. I mean, I guess his teeth were smashed. The in. last thing you're probably thinking of, isn't it? Yeah. Because like, I mean, generally like cosmetic situations, like even like if there was teeth killing you, I still think like emergency room, like, have enough to do like i don't ever think in a serious accident you get sent to the dentist before you get sent to other things but yeah i i kind of clicked on this watch i'm thinking like okay he must be awake like he must know because it's kind of the way he just goes like oh i just know which because it is a bit weird why he says it yeah but i mean let's be honest bernard is a bit weird but i think flirting with jack (laughs) yeah you flirt with my wife i'm gonna flirt with you how do you like that (laughs) um but this is where we go to the the nursing home and oh my god, so much TV's Katie's to go this week. Um yeah. it is our last episode, so we've got to make the most of it. Why isn't she in the church? Come on. Oh, it's like they're a Nadia. Like, I mean, and again, like, if they don't bring them back at all in the last season, again, maybe they're just not available. Maybe they were busy, but like it's like three episodes from the finale. Nadia was like four episodes of the finale. Like, surely you could just hold off a couple of weeks. I want to see the spin-off, like the Dead Wives Club, where they're like yeah. outside the church trying to find a way in together, working together. And Dead Husbands. What about TV's Nathan Fillion? Yeah, it's yeah, true. He doesn't get well, in. Did he die? I don't think he died, did he? Did Nathan Fillion well, die? Well, everyone dies eventually. Well, oh, thanks for that uh, lovely little depressing thing. But uh... <laughs> Is it depressing? I find it comforting. <laughs> People listening to this episode do. God, shut up. Get on with it. Right. <laughs> Can't talk about um, the comforts of death while you're on the Oz network. Jesus. Uh, yeah, it's, I've never actually thought about that. Like, why isn't she in the church? Because it's not like um, Penny is in mm. the church, but it's not like Sawyer really knows Penny that well or Jack or like. Wait, yeah, Penny's not in the church either? No, she is in the church, oh, but that's is. what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> she. God. She's in the church. <laughs> 
spoons there, don't worry. Oh, uh, thank God. <laughs> that's who Locke is with. Everyone has a couple, but those two are alone. Yes. In season oh. one, they're sneaking off to the hat. So. Oh, I can't wait. We're only a couple episodes away from Boone again. Get excited, kids. But yeah, like, it is a good point. Like, they barely know Penny, so what's the difference of having Helen in the... I think... Unless she remarried after Locke left. More and more I think about it... Um, you know, when we had Andrea Gabriel on and she mentioned about how, like, people say that was Jack's version of the church, so maybe it's different. Like, I kind of like to buy into that theory more and more I think about it because... It's more comforting in some ways. Yeah, and it's like it, it makes it then think of, like, how it would be for each of the other characters. So, you know, because Jack never knew Nadia, I guess. Jack didn't know Helen. Uh, well, the he flash sideways, he did. Um, he so. did meet Nadia. Briefly. Oh, he did too. You're right. at yeah, the yeah. party. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay. I remember but if things. this is Jack's version of like the thing, which I don't think is a bad theory, and maybe we need to say this for the finale, but uh, Jack really, really hates Mr. Echo. Yeah, he's racist. <laughs> There's no black people in <laughs> no the No Michael, church. no Mr. No Muslim Echo. women. Uh, uh, no Anna Lucia. She's Latina, right? Racist like, Jack. Racist Jack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Are there any people of colour in the church? Well, There's Saeed. no Miles. Saeed, yeah. Jin and Son. That's it. Jin and Son, Saeed, yeah, that's it. No yeah. Miles, no Echo. And Early, I guess, is Latino. I mean. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, okay, you're slightly off the hook this time, Jack. Um, yeah, but no black people still. Like, it's all well and good to have Latino, um, Asians, and Middle Eastern people, but no black people. Like, I see racist against some people. No Pacific we'll Islanders. That, <laughs> save that for the finale or the um, big recap. But it is a shame that Mr. Echo, his whole oh. thing was about, like, churches and about religion and afterlife. So it's such a shame he never showed up here. But like, at least we know that is an actor thing, though. That's the one yeah, thing at least we definitely. can say it's yeah like that's the one where you can almost be like okay well there's a reason why that that's again like my point with andrea gabriel or you know katie cigar like if you knew they weren't in it because of acting reasons or they hated the show or whatever that would be excusable but like well not necessarily but more so if you know what i mean so yeah but i'm on board i'm sad we never got echo again i wanted nikki and paolo to show up in the afterlife and get buried again that would have been a fun little (laughs) In joke, just to really rub in, like, yeah, we made this mistake. No, that Nikki and Paolo, no. Um, um, I also love how you've been sharing with me a few like memes that Damon Lindelof has been posting about Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> I've been just sharing exposing memes. What, what, great. what was the one, Michael? We're the ones who cannot move on from expose. <laughs> it was a Kermit the Frog the one. What was it, Kermit uh, the Frog? Like, he, yeah, he hated expose or something like that. <laughs> It was a picture of Damon, Carlton, and Kermit, and then I, the tagline was: two out of three of these people thought Nikki and Paolo were a good idea." <laughs> so that's what I love. I love it when people like who do these things can make fun of it. Like it's great. Good on them. But then I think was it Carlton or someone responded saying like, "Yeah, but if we hadn't done that, we wouldn't have got Billy D. Williams." So that's true. <laughs> true. Uh, yeah. Good where call. was he in the church? Come on. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, this is where he goes to visit. I have to say, this sort of plot line is probably my least favourite part of the episode. He goes to visit um, movies, Kevin Teague, Anthony Cooper, who's like a vegetable in this nursing home. Bit of a sad sort of final appearance from Kevin Teague, send-off on this show. Like, it just 
sitting but there. Actually, and- true story. This is uh, actually uh, what happened to him after he was on the other network. So sorry, Kevin. <laughs> oh, it's even worse because I'm looking at the picture of him now. <laughs> <laughs> That's, That's what, what happens gonna, when you come on this show. <laughs> you go break it. After finishing 120 <laughs> of these moss episodes. Um, so, yeah, Cooper's a vegetable and, like, Helen's, and this is uh, John's dad. This scene's a bit hokey where Jack goes to visit Locke and Locke's, push the button. I wish you had believed me. And he's yeah. muttering in his sleep. It's fun little throwbacks, but it's a bit hokey. Um and then we've got SBS's Emily Duravan shows up, Claire, um, where last week they got cut off when they were talking about the wheel. Uh, and then the, the lawyer wanted her to have this music box. Uh, now, is it Catch a Falling Star that's yeah. supposed to be playing on there, like the yeah. Claire motive? Yeah. Uh, but, so that's kind of a fun little throwback. And Jack's like, oh, I, don't, I don't know what this is. Um and they talk about how Kristen died and Jack couldn't get the body. And then Claire's like, oh, I just flew in from Sydney. And Jack's like, he's a organic A15. Yeah. So Jack's starting to put this like, what is going on? Which is kind of cool. I like Jack sort of piecing things together. And um, and then we get like Claire's like, I'm just killed him. Jack's like offering like, oh, why don't you come and stay with me? And like, fair, fair enough from Claire. She's like, we're strangers. And he's like, no, we're not strangers. Uh, we're Is family. Is mild flirting? Like, I, I just get a weird vibe. He's like, I'm your half-sister, you freak. <laughs> All Australians are in that. I'm um, not Tasmanian. I'm from Fish and Fry. <laughs> I'm the only Australian that doesn't like incest. Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, this is a funny line because when I went to London when I was 20, I actually ended up meeting a great aunt that I <laughs> didn't know existed until maybe a few months before I left. And and it is a, this weird thing that, like, this person is a stranger, but you're weirdly just sort of relaxed and just having a conversation like you are with family even though if you didn't know that they were your family you would just treat them as an absolute uh, we went and had some fish and chips at a pint at the pub and <laughs> but it was a weird thing like i'm meeting this person who's related to my mum's dad yeah who's been dead for 30 years and in london and i don't know them but then they are related to me it's kind of this weird thing so i can see where where this conversation is yeah i've, I've had similar things in a weird way but i get it like um and i mean in all serious probably like a sweet little moment because i think we alluded to what last week that we didn't really get this whole hey remember their brother and sister thing so it's kind of like a nice little moment where it's like ah we're family it's very fast and furious we're family um so i've only ever seen one of those movies and i just know the memes apparently have you seen any of them don't like i've only seen the first one back in the day but um, I mean, Michelle Rodriguez, come on. I saw the second one because I was working at the cinemas and it was on at the cinemas at the time, so I saw it for free. <laughs> that was the only reason I saw it. They're still making them. Does Michelle Rodriguez still do them or did she die off at some point? I think she's still in them, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. There's like What else is she doing? Come on. The fact that that's a thing and people like them still, like Jesus Christ. Um, 
but yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a nice little scene. Um, y- you know, I mean, Emily the Raven's still wearing this fake, like it's so fake that pregnancy like thing. I like the Apollo bar bit, you know, mm-hmm. which he nice Jack just gets one and offers it to Claire. Like could have gotten <laughs> two, but he got one and still goes to Claire. So um, he yeah, two. I, I kind of want to see the um, the the rest of this. I want to see Claire rocking up to Jack's place. Where do Getting I the sleeping sleep? bag. Do you think, does Jack have a spare room or does she have to like get the fold-out couch with a sleeping bag? I reckon Jack would offer her his bed and Jack would sleep yeah. in the fold-out. She's pregnant. So. Oh, I offer his bed, huh? Oh. I, I, reckon, oh. I reckon what we saw last week, Jack's son liked old uh, Aunt Claire a little bit, don't you? Yeah, I think he is into Aunt Claire. I um, think he's a, uh, oh, hello, Aunt Claire, you can stay in my room. Yeah. Come and see my fish and fry. Um, <laughs> I like but, baseball. Do you want to come and see my balls? I mean, Jack is a bit of a deadbeat dad. I, I could see him saying, like, look, David, you've got to sleep on the couch. I declare yeah. having your room. I could, Actually, that's happened to me growing up. Oh, me too. My family like, comes and see me. Yeah, I hated that. I'd be like, fuck off. You say, why, why do I have to give up my room? <laughs> yeah, happened to me. And, and you know, like, these things happen and it feels like such an injustice. You know, if I ever have kids, like it's just going to be a continuing cycle. Like, yeah. You sleep up the couch. It happened to me, so you do it. Yeah, no. Not a junior. That's the only good thing about being parents. All the shit you had to put up with as a kid, you get to put that on you your own kids. Payback. Exactly. <laughs> Poor kids have no no insane in this or involvement because they weren't around when it happened to you. Um, so. It- parents are listening to this, like, thank God it is two broke girls and not married, which is. <laughs> 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 exactly. I don't think I'd be a very good father, let's be honest. And I think Ben would be a worse. Also, I was going to say, um, you know I would be a terrible one, so there's no point of even me commenting well, we, on that. Well, so a couple of weeks ago, we talked about the sitcom where Colin dies and we have to move in. Like, that's a that sitcom. Th- what were those 80s Tom Selleck movies, Three Men and a Baby or whatever they were called? Or <laughs> What was a Full House? And the whole purpose of Full House, wasn't it? Was he Bob Saget, rest in peace? He had to raise his daughters because his wife died and he brought in Uncle Jesse and... The other guy. <laughs> Full House. Didn't watch Full House? Full House. Don't talk to Colin about Full House. He hates Full House. Well, he has to live Full House every day. True. Um, so then we we move on. Uh, now, this is, I was talking about this out of order. doesn't really play well because I have to mm. say this moment killed me when Locke's leaving the hospital and we see him walk past Jin, who's literally just died, The literally... 10 seconds earlier, and then we cut to seeing him walk past. Like, that killed me. I'm like, oh, he's alive somehow. Um, Do you not think that they could have left some sort of clue here? Like, we literally see Jin die, and then we see him here. Like, could they have left some sort of hint towards what the sideways is? Like, Jin's, like, spitting out water or something like that. (laughs) Like, got some seaweed stuck on his leg. Like, not, I'm joking with that, but, like, some sort of clue here would have been nice because we literally see Jin straight after he died. Yeah, it's a good point. I mean, Locke kind of looks at him, so they kind of have a bit of a stare as if just almost be like they're a bit familiar with each other. But, um, yeah, he could have just, yeah, coughed up water. Um, A fish, like, falls out of his shoe or something like that. Now, I, like, it's hard to criticise this episode, but I do feel like cutting into this sideways straight after 
the death scene has never really played with me. I think we should have cut to Jack on the beach and that we should have finished mm. the sideways by this point. It just I'd... feels a bit awkward. I disagree, and I think this is where next week you and I are probably going to have a lot of uh, debates about the placing of next week's episode. Um, but there's, I think you need, I think you need this. I think you need that moment to recover because, like, what it would have gone to a commercial after the whole, you know, the death. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's important to just have a moment like this where it kind of you just you back off a little bit and have a moment before regrouping into it because I, I, I just particularly with a commercial in between hand, I don't think that would have worked, having a commercial, then having him on the beach and then having the crying bit. There's just something to me that just kind of works about it to separate it. And, again, that's why I'm probably going to defend next week more than any other sane Lost fan. But there's just sometimes you need that. And I can think of, like, plenty of other TV shows where there's, like, a big moment, a big death, and then you do take a step back. Take a step back, Noah, uh, and just, like, have a moment. It's 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 effective, I think, in a way that I think makes the – Hurley breaks down Kate and Jack crying scene even more poignant that follows it directly. Yeah, I mean, that's an argument. I remember watching this live, but I can't remember, like, the exact details, but just the thought of watching that death scene and then jumping into obnoxious Australian TV commercials making me cringe. <laughs> chicken feed uh, ad comes on. Chicken yeah, chicken feed. <laughs> I, I like to imagine that I muted the ads after Sunjin's death, but I can't quite remember. I Look, I, I, I think we've talked about this before, but from memory what 2010 i would have been watching this downloaded so i don't i don't think i watched this on channel 7 post like season 3 season 2 so i would have been downloading this so it would i wouldn't have had ads in it um because I, I mean I, I don't think we've really talked too much about because 7 brought it back prime time didn't they for the final season after it shafting season, it was 72 it was 72 right it was um, like the launch show for 72 but they, i'm pretty sure they put the finale on 7 though didn't they yeah because I, I remember, I know they simulcast the finale. don't know if they did in Australia, but I know that they showed it live in the UK at the same time as the US. You know, like, and eventually, like, in Australia, they obviously did that with Survivor for the finale. And then I think even Game of Thrones on, like, Foxtel, they would show it air at the same time as the US to, you know, circumnavigate the, the spoilers. But um, I remember that, and obviously we're a few weeks away from the finale, but, like, I remember that being a big deal about how, oh, the UK doesn't want to see Lost Spoilers, so they're going to be showing it live at, like, 5 in the morning at the same time as the US is seeing it. So, um, yeah. No, but this is where uh, they're they're leaving and because Locke doesn't want the surgery, even though he's a candidate. And um, and then this is, I, yeah, if I'm going to criticise this episode, this sort of... T- this just doesn't really play with the character. Like, and I don't get what they're going for, that Locke was a buddying sort of pilot and that yeah. he took his dad out. Like, this doesn't play with anything we know about the character. And that he crashed Why is he and his nice dad, with his dad like in the afterlife? I don't get it. Yeah, and the, like, surely, like, they could have done something with the hunting or something. Remember, like, mm. Locke's dad taught him to hunt and I accidentally shot him or, like, I don't know, like... <laughs> And this makes no sense of the walkabout thing of him being in Australia because, as we said in the very first episode, you know, is it implied that he actually did do the walkabout or he didn't? And then it's kind of like, well, then why why did he go to Australia for this walkabout? I, I, yeah, I'm with you because, like, I don't get why Anthony Cooper – and, like, okay, you would argue he's not redeemed in the afterlife because he ends up as a vegetable, but, like, why up until the moment he's in a plane crash is he apparently having this buddy-buddy relationship with Locke? Like, he's a horrible human. Like, why on earth is he, like – 90% redeemed in the afterlife. 
We never once got any sort of indication that Locke ever wanted to be a pilot. It just seems so yeah. weird. Like, do you think he's telling I, I, the truth, or do you think this is a lie? I mean, we have no reason not to believe it. There's no sort of indication that it, it it's not, and uh, isn't Katie Seagal there too? So, like, she's visiting Anthony Cooper. So, I guess so. Yeah. Um, I, I do like. Uh, I, I was thinking when Locke is on the bed and he's, uh, what's he saying, push the button and that, I would have loved if we just got like, it, it's kind of like an action figure where you pull the thing, it's like Locke's in the bed going, don't tell me what I can't do. Pull the thing, we're not the only people on this island and we all know it. Like He's just in the bed saying all of the Locke quotes. <laughs> I'm supposed he, to do this, damn it. And he literally just goes, hello. Hello, Echo. Hello, Boone. Like, he just, hello, friendly lock. <laughs> I just love, like, he's in the bed, like, muttering all the famous line. But do um, you like I, I do you like this bit, though, where Jack says the whole, like, what does he say? Like, I wish you'd believe me or something like yeah. that. Like, basically, utters locks. Like, I actually really like that line. I I'm feeling you're not going to like it. Uh, I'm indifferent. I, yeah, because that is the line that uh, Locke wrote on his note when he died, mm. right, to Jack. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also saying like what happened happened, which is another motive on this show. And um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't hate the wish you believe me line, but I just do. These two have such a weird relationship in the show and had so many great conversations. So it's just fun this episode to have Jack and Locke back together. I think I agree. And I mean, really, in a couple of weeks, the crescendo is going to be these two. It's kind of like the big boss battle is basically between these two, mm-hmm. right? So. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just really like it. I like this sort of moment where he's got the whole I wish you believe me and props to Terry O'Quinn. This great acting of him just like stopping in his wheelchair and kind of having that little glancing sort of sideways look before going off. Like it's it's great. Um, And like I think what everything does well in this flash sideways, going back to my point where I said this is a great episode, like yeah, this flash sideways stuff is fine and like it's, it's really like setting it up to what it's going to be and yeah, the big mystery being that all these eight one five passengers and Jack's gone, huh, huh, this is a bit weird. Um, so, I mean, but by that point, I'm going to be acting a little bit more freaked out. Like, fuck, if all of a sudden I'm like, what, what, you, how am I meeting? Like, like, I get freaked out over like two little coincidences. Like, you know, you'll be, I don't know, sitting on the couch looking at your phone and you'll think of something and all of a sudden it pops up on your phone. You're like, whoa, that's freaky. Like, if all of a sudden I did that and like 10 things in a row popped, I'm like, okay, what the fuck? Like, I'm in a flash sideways or something. Like, you'd be, yeah, a bit more freaked out than that. But no, it's good. I like it. I like all this flash sideways stuff. I'm like the least like, spiritual person, like any sort of, I'm anti-ghost. Um <laughs> I'm like a full, full-blown Dana Scully, but there is something about like you're on the bus and you're thinking about a person who you've not thought about, and then they get on the bus. I don't know. I, I don't believe in psychics. I don't believe in horoscopes. I don't believe it. There is something there that's a bit I, weird. Yeah, I'm completely on board with you. Um, I don't, but I, I am superstitious. I, as much as I'm like similar with you, I definitely have quirks and things that I, I like every time I get on a plane I've got to like touch the door with my right hand before I get on like I just, I've just got to do it um, things like that like when I used to play hockey I was a goalie I used to always have to like tap the goal post in a certain direct like things like that I would have to do 
Um, but I don't know if I put that down to OCD or superstitious, but I, I have some superstitions. Like if I'm watching my sport team and I'm wearing a certain, I remember when the Cronulla won the grand final, I'd wear this shirt and they would win all the time when I wore that shirt. So well, I've got to keep wearing this shirt and they went on to win the championship. So, you know, things like that. I, I take back what I was saying about this. Something <laughs> You've invalidated it now. You've made a wow. mockery of it. Wow. Uh, the only superstition I have is Stevie Wonder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's like three Stevie episodes Wonder. in a row. Well done, Noah. <laughs> Bring back Stevie Wonder. Um, oh, he's, still, he's still going, isn't he? Yeah, but what have we done recently? Um, we had the freaky moment on 007 download now when we talked about, oh, we're only a couple of years away from a Bond actor dying and within 24 hours Roger Moore died. So, I mean, you know, we've we've experienced that on our sister show. So, yeah, so Emily Duravan, better watch out. Do you, think, um, do you think the world would mourn? Like, I reckon she'd be like, a, you know how, like, Olivia, the time of recording this, Olivia Newton-John has died. Rest in peace, Olivia. But, like, I, I guarantee if, if Emily Duravan died, she'd be like, Fifth tier news, like mm. Anne Hache again. Time recording this. Poor Anne Hache in a coma, burnt. Looks like she'll die, but like she's not exactly breaking news. Anne Hache is nearly dead. It's like seventh tier. I reckon Anne Hache and Emily DeRaven are about on the same page as fame. Uh, she should make the Reddit front page. I'm sure. Um, yeah. She's young though, so. Well, here's a question: If she did die, which we don't want to happen, that would be terrible. But uh, she would be. Lost Emily Duravan dead. Oh, 30, 39. Or once upon a time. Uh, so my question is: Is there any actor here who wouldn't be in the headline? Lost. Blah blah. Uh, I think probably not. Actually, Matthew Fox Michelle would be Rodriguez. lost. Party if I, yeah, Michelle Rodriguez. That's true. Um, no, you're right because I think I'm thinking like even um, Evangeline Lilly. Is still Ian lost. Summerholder, maybe the Vampire uh, Diaries. Yeah, Ian Vampire Summerholder. Diaries. I mean, Instagram, Dominic Monaghan. Dominic Monaghan would lead with Lord of the Rings and Lost. Lord of the Rings and Lost. Yeah, Evangeline uh, Lilly would probably be, you know, Lost, Wasp, and, and Hobbit. Um, yeah. Yeah, get a it's. I don't. I can't think of anyone. Even Michael Emerson and Terry Quinkers haven't really done anything else afterwards. Mm. Um, but. Yeah, because I'm trying to think of an example of some actors who, yeah, there's definitely, un- yeah, like 24, like when Gregory Itzen died sadly recently, you know, he had a stellar career before he was ever Charles Logan on 24, but they basically led with character actor best known as Charles Logan from 24, died. So, yeah. Even like AAA probably gets it, even him. Um, yeah. Because he was what in um, Suicide Squad. I'm thinking, uh, does, what does, does Maggie Grace get it? Probably. What is Maggie? Oh, well, she's taken though. Taken is probably she's taken was Maggie Gray. I reckon in Summerholder, in Summerholder, probably like it would lead with Vampire Diaries because he's much more famous from that and he's a humanitarian, very famous social media star. Um, but I still think you put that in there, like best known for his roles on Vampire Diaries, also started off and lost. So, yeah, Yoon Jin Kim in the Korean version would Daniel Day not Kim. I mean, he's. Had a pretty diverse career. Yeah, but what do we know him from, though? I think a lot of people like, like, not even joking. Like other stuff he's done. Like, I mean, he's been in so many things. So Alan Alan Dale probably oh, might neighbors. Not, might not Alan Dale. <laughs> yeah, he's been in too many. Uh, like it's like Grand Bowler. Like I mean, you know, pick a show. <laughs> 
Ken, Ken Lung and um, Jeremy Davies, Faraday and Miles might not get lost, maybe. Um, yeah. Kimi, he, well, yeah. you know. Mark Pellegrino would just get TVs. <laughs> Titus Weller, Titus Weller wouldn't just get lost. I don't think yeah. many people remember he was even in Lost, so. Uh, Billy anyway, D. Williams. <laughs> lost Billy D. Williams, died. Who also appeared uh, in Star yeah. Wars. <laughs> Slightly morbid conversation, but anyway, speaking of death, let's get into the main island plotline. <laughs> um, yeah, this is going to be fun. Um, so this is where we we last left Jack, where he was with you're with me now, and we get some sassy uh, Saeed. Yeah, at least you didn't have to row across the <laughs> island, Jack. I Jesus, like sassy Saeed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just want Jack to reply, oh, "Piss off, Saeed." <laughs> You zombie. <laughs> um, Piss off, Saeed. <laughs> Piss off, Naveen. Um, yeah, again, that's not a Saeed line. That's a Naveen line. Oh, you'd have to shut up, Naveen. <laughs> uh, this is where the others are on the Hydra Island with uh, with more. And I love Sawyer. No way. I'm not going back in those cages. Um, and then, like, like tough, tough. With more, he's like, I'm yeah. gonna shoot her, and then so he's like, No, you're not, freckles, sweetheart. And um, he's like, Well, Ford and the Quans and Reyes are all on the list, but Kate's name not there, so I will kill her. He's buffing, I don't believe, I don't believe, I think Charles he would have. No, it's Evangeline Lily, yeah, Alan Dale's <laughs> a pro, pro masker, <laughs> wear your mask. <laughs> Uh, but I do like Kate. She's like, sorry, I don't listen to him. Um, but you just see, like, sorry, it's like, uh, he can't resist all freckle. Um, and this is where they're going to be put back in the cage. But don't worry, it won't last for long because they're there in the cage. And then, um, and then this is where Locke or fake Locke is talking about how they've been captured and that they're going to go off and rescue them. It's like, they really did just say goodbye to Jack and then they just got put in this cage and then they're all back together again, like literally minutes later. Um, uh, so this is a pretty cool scene where they go and uh, it's like the double, like we had Miles and Sawyer buddy cop. Now we've got Jack and the smoke monster buddy cop. Um, I love that line when he's like, he's with me. Like yeah. <laughs> Jack uh, and the smoke monster. Yeah. It's been a while since we've seen Smokey. I was happy to see Smokey tearing up shit again. That, that yeah. was fun. Who tears up um, more shit, uh, Locke or the Smoke Monster or Alan Dale? Yeah. Like they're all badasses <laughs> this episode. And I love like when they're when the Smoke Monster comes and Kate's trying to get the key. I love Lapidus just trying to bang down yeah. the. So like, screw like, this. Like, <laughs> action Lapidus. Um, like Which it we is meant to believe action. he dies this episode, aren't we? Because you don't see him wash up on yeah. the beach. But a real action-packed episode. Um, but then Jeff comes to the our hero, comes to the rescue. He's with me. Um, like. We're going to help you. Um, so, uh, and then we have a sweet little moment where Jin's talking about how he's got to see a picture of uh, the daughter and um, and son gives Jin the wedding ring that she's been holding on to. Now, I guess we can talk about this now is the reunion is sweet, but the fact that they did it one episode before their death scene really hurts. Like, they should have reunited in the premiere episode of this season or even last season. They, these characters literally spent two seasons apart and now 
their death is very impactful. But to reunite them in an episode beforehand, we wanted more Sun and Jin together. I agree for the most part. I think it would have been good to have more of them together. But like at the same time, doesn't it make it a little bit more emotional, a bit more of an emotional impact that they've had all this time apart and they've literally been reunited and then basically die straight away? Like, no. No, I mean, look, I, I can see it both ways. I, I, I mean, I love them this. together, like fighting the smoke monster for 10 episodes and then getting killed is more emotional. I think, I think though, do you think it's, it doesn't feel like they've been apart though because we have seen them together in like the flash sideways. So therefore, like, we have still kind of seen them together. If you know what I mean, like even though they've not actually been together, reunite them earlier. So they just didn't have a big fuck fest, basically. Just um... <laughs> they're like bear cages. I've heard about this, um... <laughs> and literally Jack and everyone's going, "Oh, there goes uh, Jin Sun again." What happened to Badass Sun? Because I was thinking when they go into the plane, there's like sexist yeah. survivors. Like Care and Sun are the only ones who don't get to have guns when they're like running to the plane, and like. But we've seen bad our son. Like, give her a gun. Come on. She's passive son now. Like, yeah, you know. as soon as Jin comes back. She's maybe the son maybe Jin's set. the problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very Korean uh, traditional sexist values there. Come on. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> too too close to home, Noah. <laughs> it's not going to that. That's a big contentious thing at the moment. Um uh, so that's where they're like, okay, we're going to go off to the plane, um, but we've we've got a bit of a head start because the smoke monster is a bit faster, and I oh, I love this scene. Like, I love it when ev- it's just a weird little quirk, but I love when the smoke monster lock gets shot and bullets mm. just fly it. We've seen it a few times, and we get the most badass like Terry O'Quinn breaking necks, and like yeah. I love it when he gets the gun and shoots the guy. Um, a little bit of overacting with like the recoil there, Terry, but like it's such a badass scene. I love like badass action lock, fake lock. Which I, I mean, I agree with you, but I, I also love the fact that when he, what does he say like afterwards when he's just basically like, oh, Widmore knew they, you know, they, who are these two guys that Widmore just willy nilly nilly just let them die? Poor like Frank and George, um, you know, dying on the ground, but. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I love badass Locke here, just staring at them and just, just again, he doesn't flinch. You know, he does. It's not like he's like, I'm like, oh wow, like ha ha, miss me. He just, he just got this look on his face. He's just like, fuck you, I'm the smoke monster. And this is where, like, going back to my point about seeing this as Titus Welliver. This is just, I could see Titus Welliver just storming towards them, being all badass. So, and good on him for not just always being smoke monster. He could have just ripped into part of smoke monster. No, he wanted to be human here. So good for him. Maybe it really drains his energy to. To yeah. be the smoke monster. I feel like um, when he rips the watch off the guy too, because I always like think like, what's he doing that for? But then you're like, oh, okay, that's what he's doing that for. I I, uh, I do love like like before we've talked about oh was the smoke monster somewhat misunderstood? This episode, he's a villain. Like you get this guy is the biggest villain ever. Like he's just mm-hmm. pure villain. Um, but yeah, Frank and George are good. Good at construction because I love their little bamboo yeah, that bridge. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good, get them good on Survivor. <laughs> yeah, uh, but this is where we get like investigative uh, smoke monster as <laughs> Matt Black as he like goes into the plane. Why? Why are there C four explosives on the plane? Uh, did I miss something? Is isn't it 
uh, doesn't he say that this is what Widmore wanted? He oh, wanted oh, to yeah, get the, them all on the, the plane into a tight tube to blow them up. Um, he yeah. says that because that's that's what he says. He's like, uh, you know, Frank and George weren't going to kill us because like Widmore put them there oh, yeah, because he yeah, wanted yeah. to get us all on the plane. So I'm assuming that Widmore's plan here is to kill the smoke monster, and he doesn't care that he kills the survivors along the way. Like you know, because he wants he's got Desmond. It's a bit clunky because like they are the candidates, and Widmore's all about island and everything. Like it seems a bit weird that he would, uh, yeah, whatever. I think um, that but- so many of these people are like, I mean have these sort of higgledy-piggledy plans, right? Like Ben half the time he's doing one thing or the other and then, you know, Locke here and, I mean, the whole submarine thing is what Locke wants and, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah. Uh, it, it's fun that I was seeing him investigate. Um, oh, yeah, you're right because that's where he's saying, like, that's why we more got rid of the sonar fences uh, so that they could go through. Which also... Just- Sorry, interrupted you. Finish that bit. And then this is where uh, Man in Black says, okay, the new plan is we're going to leave on the submarine. And then Hurley is saying, well, Richard said we're not supposed to leave. And Sawyer said, well, Richard's not here, is he? So let's get out of here. Well, I was going to say with Richard, poor old Richard's going to the freaking Dharma barracks, get C4 to blow up the plane. It's already on the plane, Richard. Like, I mean, your job's done. Come on, Richard. Richard's a bit behind this season. Poor Richard. <laughs> I, I did miss seeing Richard and Ben and Miles, but we'll yeah. see him. Um, so, all right, we're going to go off to the, the submarine. Let's all go. And then... This is where Sawyer, again, I love when Sawyer, like, bosses Jack around, like, Dark, we're going to need you to help us, give us some backup. And Jack's like, all right, I'll help you, but I'm not leaving. And it's like, well, okay, do whatever you want. <laughs> um, and then Sawyer's like, well, just make sure that Man in Black doesn't get on the sub. And Jack's just to do that. And then Sawyer's like, just get him in the water, which I think is a bit like, is that like telling Jack, like, you've got to sacrifice yourself, like, fighting this smoke monster. There's a couple of, like, moments where, for as badass as the smoke monster is, he's got a couple of dumb moments, I think, because it's like when he gets pushed in the water like a freaking, you know, Benny Hill sketch. But then also, like, you know, he's meant to be good at manipulating everything, but he's a bit dumb here because when Sawyer's like, well, I didn't believe you at first, but now you told me the truth twice, so I'm definitely on board with you now. And he's like, good. And then, like, with Claire, I love the moment where Claire's like, oh, I'm so sorry I left you. <laughs> and then, like, Spike Monster's like, it's okay, Claire. I it's understand okay, why Claire. you did it. <laughs> like, Jesus. <laughs> that was easy. Oh, that was easy. Thanks, Daddy Lock. <laughs> I did like that moment where she's so sorry. No, I understand, Claire. Um, <laughs> but this is a great scene where they arrive at the sub and, like, there's the guys and they all, like, charge in and, I have to say, like, is Jack, like, suicidal again when he's, like, firing against the guys in the bushes? Like, he's not getting any up cover. Like, Jack like, runs out, flailing the gun around. Like, Jack doesn't at this point. Um, but this is where they all uh, get to the dock and they're going to get into the, the submarine and Sawyer's telling uh, the guy, you got to fire this up. Um, thank God he was on the sub at the time. That would have been awful. Yeah, was, um, where'd everyone else go? Like, <laughs> luckily he wasn't out having lunch or anything. Um, <laughs> and this is where Paul, noodles. 
poor poor old Kate gets shot uh, in the. I always forget the, she gets uh, shot. Does this even come up again? Like that she's been shot? Yeah, but I mean, at this point, it should be believable that maybe Kate could die because we are four mm. episodes out from. But I don't think it ever really plays like that. You think she's going to die? Does it? I think I remember watching this live. Yeah, with that notion of like when it's at the end of a show like this, like it's it's anyone's you know dead. Like it's not like we've had flash forwards seeing that certain people are alive or it's not, you know, a prequel. It's not Better Call Souls. We know Souls not going to die, you know. Well, I don't know. We haven't watched it yet at the time of recording this. <laughs> it's one episode to go to date this. But, um, yeah, I think that it's, you know, and it's free range. So, yeah, one, one subtle little thing, I'm actually just watching it here now and I'm only noticing it now, is the subtle little switching of the backpacks that Soy, uh, that Locke does with Jack um, because they both no, no. look very similar, no. the backpacks, and the way that uh, Locke hands Jack his backpack with the bomb in it. Um, like, it's so subtle. I only just noticed it then. But, yeah, Kate gets shot, and then that's when Jack's, oh, well, our hero is like, okay, he's helping her into the sub, even though he didn't want to leave. And as I said, the silly moment when Locke gets pushed off the dock, and um, and this is where Claire's hiding, and Sawyer's like, come on, Claire, we need to go. And uh, but Man in Black comes up and they're like, crap. So uh, he's getting to Lapidus and saying, like, Lapidus, tell the captain we're going to go now. So they go down they leave Claire. <laughs> it's just pretty funny that they left Claire. Um, again. But, I mean, to, again, but to be fair, Sawyer tried. And then that's when Locke's like, uh, or Man in Black's like, trust me, Claire. You don't want to be on that submarine. What Which, would have happened? Like, are we meant to believe that, like, Locke was just not going to get on the sub? Like, it was Locke because he's a smoke monster. He can just survive an explosion. But then he can't survive the water. So, like, what was, like, I don't understand his, like, actual plan, if you know what I mean. Or did he know they were going to push him off before they got on? Maybe maybe he just was never going to get on or, or yeah, maybe he just knew. Um mm. But I, I do love that that line, trust me, you don't want to be on the sub. Like when we first watched this, we're like, well, yes, she does. But we don't know. Like it's a bit ominous, but we don't know what's going to happen. Can I just ask um, a question with this? Because like he wants to get off the island. That's his whole thing. The submarine actually is a way he can get off the island, but he also wants to kill the candidates, right, so that there's no one there to protect the island. So... Yeah, I don't, like. Why can't he just get him on the sub and just turn all smoke monster, kill them on the sub, and then just steal the sub? Like I. Oh, he can't kill them directly. Right. Okay. So that's why. Um, Good job. So <laughs> oh, oh, that's where he is kind of playing four D chess. That he's left led all these steps in and been playing everyone to lead them all to get to this one moment where they're all together in a combined space, all leading up to this moment. Um. I do like when he's like, trust me, Claire, you don't want to be on that sub. I just want Claire to be like, so don't me. <laughs> I don't want to be here with <laughs> you. <laughs> you just put him on there with a bomb. What are you telling me? I don't trust. Like, this is where Claire should be like, why? And it's like, <laughs> Claire, I put a bomb in the bag and they're all going to blow up and die. Well, I don't want to be with you anymore. They were my friends. <laughs> Claire, I understand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Claire's just all over the place. Mama, Amy, what? Ah! Yeah, this is like Kate's annoyed that they left. Uh, 
they left Claire and then poor old Jack's like, well, I didn't want to come and now I'm on the sub. What? Like, I don't <laughs> oh, know how Jack, Jack is going to get off. Um, Jack off. And then that's where they opened the bag to like help Kate and they're like, huh, what's this? <laughs> it's the C4, like, uh-oh. Um, I remember watching this scene where Jack's like, this is where Jack realised he's like, Locke wanted us to do this. He wanted us all to be in this one spot so that he could get all of us in one go. I remember watching this with this bomb, but even before the death, thinking like, oh, my God, like shit is going to go down. Mm. Like, I, but you don't... I kind of assumed why when Jack's saying, remember when they were in the Black Rock with Richard and he's like, just trust me, like nothing's going to, I kind of thought that that's what was going to happen, that the bomb was just going to like stop. I, yeah, I thought it was going to stop too. Cause I mean, again, I know we're sort of at that period where, as I just said, anyone can die. It's at the end of the series now. So no one's safe, but I still think, you know, alluding to what you said with Kate, like, you know, Jack's not going to die, you know, or like these people aren't going to die. Realistically, you look at this, that Saeed, Jin and Son are probably the most expendable of all of these ones and they're going to, you know, die. But, um, yeah, I, I for one thought, I believe Jack, like the whole nothing's going to happen, nothing's going to happen. So, yeah, I remember watching this thinking that. It was played so well as well because it's so tense and the actors do such a good job. But then when... Like Sawyer's like freaking out and he's like, no, Jack, sorry, I can't trust you and pulls out the thing and it stops. And it's just this moment of like, oh, thank God. Like, thank God the bomber stopped. And then instantly like, it's just going so fast. It's so tense. Like, I so wish I could watch this again for the first time. Like, oh my God. But even knowing what happens, it's so intense you have this moment of relief followed by the most intense like 30 seconds in TV history where the bomb is like and then we get our last little uh so it's like oh shit sorry um and then we get our last little Naveen moment on Lost and we will eulogize these characters somewhat and we can do it again in the big recap at the end as well I guess but because they are such major characters. But we get our last little moment of Naveen where uh, we we get uh, Saeed coming up to Jack. Listen carefully, Jack. Uh, there's a well on the main island half a mile south from the camp where we just left. Desmond's inside. Locke wants him dead, and that means you're going to need him. Do you understand me? Which, as much crap as we give zombie Saeed, and I give crap more than I've probably even let on, it's just so bad. It is nice that even though he was a zombie and he turned into like a henchman, that he did his one last good thing where he didn't kill Desmond. And at the mo- at the time, we didn't really know why did he not kill Desmond. And there was at least one redeeming quality left in Saeed at the very end. Um, and then Jack's like, why are you telling me this? And I- I've never liked, I've never loved this line. And Naveen's given up in terms of delivery at this point, but he says, because it's going to be you, Jack. Uh, And then we get Desmond picking up the C4, running down the passageway, uh, and the bomb explodes, and Saeed is obliterated, and the sub is getting uh, exploded and sinking. um, And it says here on Lostpedia, Saeed makes his last sacrifice. Um, 
as a suicide bomber. The yeah, Middle Eastern character as a suicide bomber. Wow. We've talked about it in the past, but it's it's such a great sequence. And, you know, Saeed goes out in a memorable way, but it is unfathomable to me that they had in 2004 this Iraqi terrorist as a character that we are rooting for as our main character three years after 9-11, only for six years later to him to kill himself, sacrifice himself with a bomb. That's... Yeah. It's a great sequence, and this is where it's so conflicting, but I just can't believe there wasn't one person in that writer's room who said, look, guys, mm-hmm. no. Yeah, so, as, look, as, guys, as, no. <laughs> as much as it's a great sequence, it's just he was such a groundbreaking TV character. Uh, we'd never seen anything like it, and we kind of haven't seen anything since like it. For him to go out in the most stereotypical, uh, like, uh, terrorist from that region, Iraq, wherever, killing himself with a bomb. <laughs> yeah, what, a, what an I, end to this character. Yeah, and it's what just, an and end. I think it's, it's, yeah, and no, I agree with it completely. And it's just also so, you know, sad in a way that we have a very major character of this show, and I would probably argue he's probably in Lost more than Jin and Sun are. And yet his death is forgotten about in this sequence. And it's just like, he just, because, I mean, he barely even features in this episode. He's like, oh, sassy Saeed. Then he kind of just floats into the background a little bit. And then he's the one who's going to make the ultimate sacrifice. So it's kind of just, oh, like there should be more of a build up to this in some way. Because it's kind of, is he the most, of all the major character deaths, I mean, I guess Annalisa and, and Libby, but like the most out of nowhere death. Because, I mean, it's just, he grabs a bomb, runs down the corridor, boom. Which I would have laughed if he accidentally ran into the room with Lapitas and the pilots, and Lapitas like, "What are you doing in here?" <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, I maybe it just comes from a level where you know it's the writers didn't think in the the fact they're looking at this character as just a character. You know, it just so happens it's the Middle Eastern character who goes out in a bomb, like, and it's and maybe it's not looked upon in twenty twenty two where it's a lot more sensitive to these sort of things. There definitely would have been someone going, uh, guys, you've got a Middle Eastern character dying in a suicide bombing. That's a bit like, "Eh, yeah, no. Whereas 12 years ago, they're not going to be as sensitive to that because it's not something that's really going to be questioned. I mean, here we are questioning it. Would we question this 12 years ago? Because I don't know if I thought about that fully 12 years ago. I don't think I did, to be honest, to be fair. So maybe it's just a case of this is why society has changed to this level now that we pitch this as an issue. Um, but, yeah, like it, it's uh, – I think also the fact that we had an episode about him possibly being in a suicide bombing, um, you know, like it's kind of – it's there. But it, it, at the end of the day, it's a it's a sacrifice. He's done the thing to save you – know, not everyone. You didn't save Jin and Sun, Saeed. Um, you should have been like, son, don't go near those poles. I'll fall on you. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not the most tasteful death for a character of his background. No, it's not, but I kind of disagree with you. Like it is thrown away, but I think because we have that big emotional moment with Sun and Jin, I think it kind of actually works that 
we have at least one major character death where we have no time to think because this whole scene is a bomb going off, tick, 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 that we've got a death of, oh, my God, holy shit, Saeed from season one to die, like, instantly, like, that really plays with the scene because the scene is fast-paced. There's no time to think. There's no time to have a whole episode mourning Boone sort of dying oh. slowly. <laughs> Like, Boone got a whole 42 minutes to die. As he should. Uh, Fuck you, Noah. (laughs) It is this sort of like, oh, my God. And then the viewer has no time to think because Saeed just died, but now the sub is sinking. And then five minutes later, oh, my God, Sun and Jinnah. And it kind of plays into maybe where you were saying we needed that flash sideways after. That, yes, it is thrown away. And 10 years later, 12 years later, we don't really think about Saeed's death after Sun and Jinn's. But the fact it was that so instant with these bombs and we have no time to think and the fact that we have this triple whammy death, which we'll get more into in a minute, I, I think it it's not going to be one of the most memorable deaths in Lost. But I, I, I do think it works, though, just with the way that we get the yeah. Sun and Jin star. I also, up. another random death I just thought of that sort of came out of nowhere, Shannon's, of course. Sorry, sorry Shannon. Um, but I think... Two, it's it's the issue being maybe just going to what I'm saying about it's a bit forgettable is that as we've been saying now for however many seasons now, Saeed's just checked out. Like it's it's not like I mean, Jin and Sun were still on board with. Like any of these characters were still on board with. Whereas you know, I think the audience has kind of lost interest just, in Saeed. Yeah. Cause it's just it's like he hasn't what has he done for like now two seasons? So it's kind of just like, okay, cool, he's dead, sure. Um, so I think that's where, yeah, maybe that, that plays into it as well, you know. Like, I mean, if this was, I don't know, Lapidus. I mean, you you would say in that moment Lapidus is probably the sacrificial lamb because we don't really give a shit. I mean, I give a shit about Lapidus, but, like, he's the random guy who's there. That if you went into this going, at least one of these people are going to die, you know, that was Lapidus. Like, why do we care about him? Yeah. I wanted it to be the sub-captain who grabs the bomb. Jack, you're going to be the one. Yeah. Lenny, no! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I just, like, there is this sort of, I've got two sort of things to say. First is on the Saeed, Sun and Jin, and then on Saeed. But with those three, none of them had to die. All three of them could have been on the plane in the finale and they could have got off the island None of them really had to die. And I think some people were quite annoyed that we were so close to the end and three major characters died. But it just, they didn't have to die. But for Saeed, there was nothing. He was a zombie. Nadia was dead. Shannon was dead. Uh, There was nothing for him. His character had nowhere to go. There was no redeeming quality or anything. Sun and Jin, they had the daughter, which kind of makes it tragic. All three of them could have lived, but I think it just, the idea of killing off characters from season one, from the pilot, three, four episodes away from the finale, just works so well because it really sets the the danger level and sets that nobody is safe. Lost was one of the first shows where nobody is safe, except for yeah. Jack was always safe and Kate was always safe. It well, wasn't Game of Thrones level. Um, but it set that kind of expectation that anyone could die so that when Jack does die, it's like, which we'll get to in the finale is such a groundbreaking thing. Uh, it, so on an emotional level, we'll get to in a minute, but just on a sort of, they didn't have to die. They could have lived and they could have been in the finale, but I think it works so well to do deaths this late. Although I would argue 
kill Saeed off when he got shot in the premiere, which would have really set the stakes for the season. Um, but yeah, they didn't have to die, but I defend it. Like I think doing this so late in the show really sets the stakes for the finale. I, I agree. And I think that, yeah, of course they don't have to die, but I mean, this is where a show like Lost works is they have these shocking moments and it's, you know, sometimes you do need these big moments to really do it. I mean, Better Call Saul example. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen the final season. Howard didn't have to die, but, like, I mean, it kind of, you need that to have a moment of shock where you're like, fuck, all right. And I think sometimes you, you've you got to build it up to a level where the, the stakes are so high now moving forward that this is what's happening. Anyone can die. So, like, it also makes the last few episodes where you're going into, like, well, fuck, maybe Hurley will die. Maybe Jack will die. Like, like you just, you don't know. And I think, like, this is where, like, I have often said across this recap, like, you know, oh, this person's in the plane, aren't they, when they get off? And this person's in the plane. And, like, if you want to be technical, everyone in the show does die when they're all in the fucking church at the end. But, like, it's, um, yeah, I I think I agree with you completely. I think, sure, some people might get annoyed. But, I mean, sometimes you need tragic endings for things to really make you think. Like, I like it when a show or a movie isn't always about the happy ending because, like it or not, life isn't full of happy endings and sometimes we have shit that happens. So I like the fact that you kind of have, and like you said, the tragedy of Jin and Sonny's, they've got a daughter out there. Who's looking after this daughter? Oh, opens up possibilities for spinoffs. Um, but, you know, I think that it kind of works. It's kind of like, I guess, like when I watched Breaking Bad. Like I know in the first episode, you basically told that Walt's going to die. Spoiler alert if you haven't seen Breaking Bad. But then it's kind of like in the final episode, he finally dies. And you're like, okay, cool. Yep. But like deep down, I'm sure you're watching Breaking Bad going, oh, Walt's not going to die. They're going to find a miracle cure for his cancer and he's going to get away with it, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is that sort of like, Lost doesn't, we'll get to it in the finale, but it doesn't really have a happy ending. But for it to have an impact of people getting away at the end, I think you need these sacrifices. Um, mm-hmm. We won't fully like do a huge big eulogy on Saeed, but I have one thing to say about it. And maybe in the season six recap or the big episode, we can talk more about some of these characters. We don't need to fully, because we've talked so much, but... The one thing I want to say about Saeed is I've always been a fan, but I think this rewatch over five or six years that we've done it <laughs> has kind of made me talk, getting on these episodes and talking about this show really makes you reevaluate these, the episodes a bit more. I, overall, I don't think Saeed was a great character. He's a good character, but I, when I look back on everything like season one you've got yeah this kind of groundbreaking character then he has this sort of fling with a 20 year old blonde girl uh which is just awkward and then he ends up like mourning her for most of season two where he's just like grumpy sad Saeed um season three he gets a sort of act a bit of action season four uh, gets off the island after all this time, finally reunites with Nadia, only for her to be killed off, like, after he gets to meet her. Like, why couldn't she still be alive? Falls for this other Russian girl. Then doesn't... He's the only one of the Oceanic Six that doesn't want to come back. And instead of them coming up with some sort of reason for him to come back, gets beaten up by Alana, handcuffed and chucked on the plane. He doesn't even want to be there arrives in the 70s, uh, not with the rest of them, running around the jungle, shoots Ben, doesn't want to be there at all and has no purpose of being there, 
dies, turns into a zombie, and spends the most of season six with is an insult to the character, but everything that happened in season six. And as an actor, uh, I can totally see why he shits on this show. He, As an actor, yes, he's getting paid at the end of the day, but what an insult as to be on this groundbreaking show. And then for you, you talked to, he barely has a line in his last episode and he spends most of his time, he's given up. He's not even doing the accent anymore. Yeah, slightly memorable death, but there was... I feel like his character had to die because they had written it to the point where there's no redeeming, like he couldn't survive. There's nothing for him. Uh, so as much as I growing up liked the character and I still do like the character, when I look back, I we're looking at people like Ben and Jack and Sawyer and Kate and Hurley. I don't think overall Saeed was a major success in this show. I think I agree with everything you say. I used to love Saeed growing up, um, but yeah, the the stuff with Shannon, we shat on that so much, and it was just it's just dumb. And the fact again that she's going to be with him in the church is just stupid. Because the thing that would have made it maybe passable is if they have some form of like plot line where maybe he meets up with Nadia, and he's just like, look, gotta say, not in love with you anymore. I, I fell in love with this beautiful woman. And then like he's always got flashbacks of Shannon, and just I don't know, like because like. What happens? He he goes to the island. He's all in love with Nadia. Fucks blonde girl for a couple of weeks, which we've all been there. It's fun. But then, like, you, you she dies. He falls in, you know, whatever. And then, basically, it's barely even mentioned ever again that he was doing this because he's still in love with Nadia, like, when he gets off the island. How does he explain that to Nadia? Did we go over this? Like, I'm so in love with you, Nadia. Oh, by the way, on the island, I was fucking a blonde girl for a while. But I still love you so much. Um, And then, all of a sudden, she ends up in the church with him. Like, it's just, it's, that's just dumb. But... I mean, yeah, I feel bad for Naveen Andrews because I've seen him in other things and he's a great actor. And, you know, to him get shafted like this, it's just, it's crap. And, you know, it's probably a guy that will never get on the show because he'll be like, oh, lost interview, no thank you. Um, Which, it's sad because sort of as I alluded to before, like with Carlton and Damon, I love it when these people keep talking about things and, you know, play along with it. And I get it, people want to move on from things. I don't want to be typecast as one character they played. Um, but it's just, it's a shame because it was such a cultural phenomenon lost and you'd like to think that so many of these actors would keep talking about it, but I can see why Naveen doesn't want to do it. So he seems like a nice, genuine guy, great actor. His character definitely ended up getting wasted. Yeah. Although I do appreciate, I wish that he had a better kind of view on the show, but I do appreciate actors who are honest rather than the whole like yeah. fake fakeness and i do like that he's just like no i never watched this show i thought it was crap which like, i mean it's like it's because like you mentioned before like, yeah they're getting paid the and act no. like it's 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 kind of like the whole notion of like how you look at say daniel craig and you're like well why would daniel craig want to quit playing james bond like that's the, like why like why do these people like why does harrison ford not want to come back to star wars like us fans i think it's the coolest thing in the world but an an actor's job is to put different levels of layers and things into craft. You don't want to play the same person your entire time. Like that's not why you become an actor. So they want to be challenged by it. And if you're kind of on a TV show, which at the end of the day is not doing that for your craft. Yeah. You want to move on. Maybe you're stuck with a contract and all this kind of stuff. You've got to please all parties and yeah, you can easily get sick of it. And you just want to be like, okay, fuck. All right. I did lost. Get over it. Like I was, I did it cause I got signed on. Couldn't get out of a contract and fuck it. Like it's, you know, they just sometimes have to do it when they don't want to do it. But, yeah, poor Naveen. But good on him for being honest. Definitely if he dies, it's going to be lost Naveen Andrews. Um, what happened? 
kill it, kill him off in season six opener, or don't get him on the plane in season five. Just write his character out of the show. Um, I say when he dies, they should be the brave ones, Naveen Andrews, when he got beaten to death <laughs> in Central Park and Jodie Foster looked on. I, I This is one thing that I do want Damon to address at some point. I want him to, to talk about kind of Saeed's character and the arc, like, because... So many of these characters have such amazing arcs, and this one just fell by the wayside. Um, probably maybe one of the, the only characters who doesn't have a satisfying sort of any ending. Um, so I'd love for them to address it at some point. Um, before we get into the Sun and Jin stuff, I will just mention that I thought, and I feel like probably a lot of people thought that we were also uh, eulogizing Lapidus at this point. Mm, yeah, I, I thought he was gone. Me too. I, I remember this. And, like, I'm the biggest Lapidus fanboy, uh, and I'm so glad, spoiler alert, he doesn't die. But, like, it's, um yeah, no, I, I definitely remember this moment going, oh, Lapidus. Because, like, I mean, in all seriousness, it, if it happened, it happened. Like, I mean, it's just, it's it's Lapidus. He's never really, like, you know, the biggest uh, character on the show. But, uh, yeah. Robbed of not being in the flash sideways, Peters, come on. I'm seeing here just quickly. I'm trying to see if Naveen Andrews has... He doesn't do social media, but I found a interview from March 2022 from The Guardian. The headline is, Good times? I was out of it. The dropouts? The dropouts? Naveen Andrews on booze, drugs, and baffling the world in Lost. And then the opening line says, He found fame in the English patient. Maybe it'd be the English oh, patient, Naveen English Andrews. English patient, Naveen before becoming a huge TV star. Now he's tackling the Thernos fraud scandal, but addiction in the 90s nearly cost him... Oh, Naveen was an addict. Oh, poor Naveen. Interesting guy. Um, Anyway, we've been delaying it. Sub blows up. Thank you, Saeed. Um, Last sacrifice, and water is going everywhere. And... uh, Distasteful from our hero Jack when Hurley says, What about Cyrus? She's there is no Cyrus. Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh-uh. <laughs> Obliterated. Uh, yeah, there's like, I wanted Hurley to say, like, Dude, you've got some Saeed on you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, where is his, um, like, but you don't see his guts flying everywhere. So, you know. No. And this is a pretty intense scene where the water's filling up, like, this is where it's so good because the viewer hasn't even had a moment to like breathe from Sun and Jin just dying. And I mean, from Sayid dying, and then the water is filling up like, oh my God, what is happening? So, this is where uh, Jack's telling Hurley like to swim out and take the, the, what is it like, the oxygen. And I mean, I love me some Hurley. I, I don't know if I'm like, give, give Kate to Sawyer. I don't know if I'm yeah. trusting Hurley to take Kate. <laughs> Uh, can Hurley even, does he even know how to swim? Um, it was Hurley saving Joanna back in season one. <laughs> um, Imagine if Boone had still been alive at this point. I'll do it. No, do no, it. Boone. No. <laughs> give, give it us Hurley. No, I'll do it. Boone, Boone wouldn't have even been like uh, trapped by anything. He would have just drowned. Yeah, Boone gets the bomb. I'll do it. He's standing in the room. So what do I do? Has anyone got a pen? Has anyone got a- Boom, get out of the room. Boom. Oh, imagine if he lasted for six seasons. Oh, um, Boone in six seasons. Oh. <laughs> uh, but this is where, like, 
it's the water's filling up and Sun is trapped behind like this cabinet and Hurley's gonna help. Um, um and then this is where Jack, Sawyer, and Jean are gonna all try and help get Sun free, which at this point is believable that we could mm. all be free. I don't think it's like a done deal at this point. Um, you don't know as a viewer what's gonna happen because Saeed has died. So. And then I, I do love Jin. Oh, hey, everyone, on three, one, two, three. Oh, Paul. <laughs> Uh, but they, they can't get it off. Well, they do get it off, but whoa. Um, wow. Not the time or the place. Um, but the, then they see our son's like trapped behind a bar. Um, and this is where, like, Sawyer, you need to go. Sawyer's like, oh, like, he didn't even question it. Sawyer's like out of there. Um, <laughs> and then this is where Jack's still staying. And I like she, Daniel Day Kim does such a good job. Jack, go, just go. At this point, Jin knows that he's going to die. Um, like, right, this is he knows at this point when he tells Jack to go, and Jack's like, "Take this oxygen." It's like I didn't realize no it. time to die was so uh, inspired by Lost. Um, this, <laughs> this is not giving you Felix and Bond uh, situations <laughs> from No Time to Die. Big fan. but yeah. he he knows like like Jack, oh, he ain't going to need that oxygen. You should probably take that. Um, and it says here on the last week, Jack has the one last long look at Jin and Son because Jack knows at that moment, like, they're going to die. Um, I'm just talking. Yeah. Um, oh, I vividly remember watching this. Um, but Son is trapped and Jin like, is trying to free her. And like, Jin, you can't. You need to go. I just want to talk about my one nitpick. And then no more nitpicks, just one little nitpick, because how can you nitpick this scene? It annoys me ever since I saw it that they're speaking in English in this scene. Like, we had whole flashbacks of them talking in Korean, and yet they have one line in Korean, but why are they speaking in English? Like, that takes away from it, I think. Um, Is it because Jack and that are around and they don't want to speak Korean around the the white people? I mean, I don't know. They're all gone at that point. It's just those two, and they're saying like, "I will never leave you again" in English. But we've it's not as if they don't speak Korean. We've seen that for six seasons. Um, so that takes away from it a little bit. But I can't nitpick this scene. So Jin's trying to uh, get off, and he's like, "Jin, you need to go. You need to go." And they've been separated for so long that. Jin, uh, Jin says, I will never leave you ever again. Uh, I'm not going to go. And they're there. And Yunjin Kim does such an amazing job. Like, this is maybe her best scene. And Jin is so good. And this just is so powerful because, because they are the couple of Lost. Like, Desmond and Penny, great. Uh, Claire and Charlie, Jack and four different people. Uh they are the couple. They've been together since season one. They've had their ups and downs and they've been separated for so long and they tried so hard to find each other and they reunited. We've been with them since the pilot. Like, yes, Lost has some great couples in it, but these are the couple. And for them to just be here together finally and for it to just, that there's no way out. Like, Sun is trapped and Jin's going to stay with her and the water's going up. I was genuinely getting quite sad. It is oh, such an emotion. Go on, Noah. Let it out. <laughs> it might be the one of the most emotional deaths in 
TV history, if not the most emotional death in TV history, because it's both of them and it's two characters we love and that we know there's no way of them getting out. And every time I watch this, it kills me. And there's something else that happens later that kills me too. But when we just see their hand and we've got the music, and then we're seeing their hand and slowly Jin's hand is sort of like letting go of sons as they're like drowned and both of them are dead. And it didn't need to happen. They both could have survived, as I said, but it really plays perfectly and like oh this killed me watching it then and it kills me now i've got one thing to say about it more but i'll let you mourn sun and jin one thing i just want to add because i'll forget to say this is it is so well shot like it's i i always in awe of when any movie or tv show can do things around water and i think that it's incredible to the, the levels that they can go to and you know we've made fun of some of the special effects and the the budget of this show and that. But, I mean, God, like this just what makes it so good is just how practically it works, you know, the, the water. And just think about being an actor in this situation. It, it's loud. It's it's cramped space, you, you know, action, cut, uh, do it again, all this kind of stuff. Like it's just it would be insane to be on set watching them film this. But, um, yeah, there's there's a few episodes of TV that no matter how many times I've seen them, I will always cry. And if people listen to our third watch coverage. There's one episode of third watch that just, it breaks me. I can't not break down in that episode. Um, but yeah, this is, this is one of them as well. I think that, yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I'm just trying to think whether or not, you know, what do I get more emotional in this or not Penny's boat? Like it's, it's tricky. Um, yeah, but it's just, there's just something with this though, that it's just, because you said, like, I, I, I would still argue Desmond and Penny are the couple. Like, that's just me. I think we've ranked this before, I feel. And, but Jin and Son are close second. Um, but, yeah, it's just it's when somebody makes a sacrifice for this because at the end of the day, Jin doesn't have to die. Like, Jin, Jin is doing this to be there with the woman he loves and the whole, the whole level of, like, you know, like, oh, I'm never leaving you again. And it's just it's just so sweet, so romantic, and it's just... You know, you, you, people talk about now having your ride or die for you, you know, like this is this is Jin and Son, they're ride or, each other's ride or die, literally, because you know Jin's gonna die here rather than ride it off. But um, yeah, it's it's it is one of these things. I think when I watch it, you you do have that moment. Oh, they're not gonna die. They're not gonna die. They're not gonna die. But like, I mean, having life and death being played at the same fucking time, like Jesus Christ, it's so good. And then, like, yeah, I know you're going to talk about another scene in a moment which makes it even worse because it's like it's just seeing... That's sometimes what makes scenes more emotional is seeing the reactions of other people. That episode of Third Watch, the reason I cry, it's a funeral scene. You're seeing the reaction of another person breaking down to another person dying. So, like, that's what, you know, hits you in the feels. But, yeah, yeah Daniel Day Kim and Yoon Jin Kim are so good in this scene. Just the, the hand movement, even just the shots of the submarine sinking with the music and then just... Yeah, I would have hated to watch this live when Chicken Feed ad comes on immediately afterwards. Like, <laughs> all you need is it. You know, I don't need Chicken Feed. I need Jin and Son back. Fuck off. I don't care that I can get the latest Britney Spears CD for $10. No. Um, but, yeah, and it's just like it didn't have to happen, but this is what you need in movies and TV shows sometimes. You need these shocking deaths because, I mean, 
like, would we still even talk about Saeed at all if he? that's how he went out? Like, if they survive this, you're going to be like, oh, Saeed died. No, I remember that. Um, it's, it's just such an amazing, amazing scene. Do I even need to mention this is a top five scene at the end of the season? Um, just for those playing at home. But, uh, yeah, incredible. Uh, yeah, like... This is like, yeah, you still think they could survive, but then the moment he says to Jack, like, uh, no, Jack, go, that's when you know deep down. Um, if if I was, if we were in a drowning submarine and if I was pinned to the wall, would you stay or would you leave? <laughs> Do you want the honest answer? <laughs> like, I like you, Noah, but I, I like drowning is like maybe my biggest fear of dying. So I'm like, I'm out of here. Like, I, I more, don't know. More ride than die, then, I guess. I, I don't know if there's anyone I would sacrifice myself for. <laughs> um, you know? Oh, good to know. I'm a selfish dick. Like, um, <laughs> you know, um, yeah, that's a good. You wouldn't save me either. Like, you wouldn't die with me. You're younger than uh-huh. I am. I'm more to live for. I'd at least think about. <laughs> it would depend on the situation. Like if, if there was a realistic chance of me making it to the surface, yeah, I'd probably leave you. But if like I knew like, well, either way I'm dead, then I'd probably stay with you. I would I would give prop I give props to Saeed for quick thinking, because if that happened to me, I'm like, oh, I guess we're all gonna blow up then. Yeah. I'd <laughs> honestly rather blow up than drown. So I would have been like, no, Saeed, if we're all gonna die, just like blow me up. <laughs> But I would have been like, oh, we're all going to die. I wouldn't have been quick enough to think like Saeed, like, oh, maybe only yeah. one of us needs to die. Me, <laughs> me neither. I was like, oh, the- Exactly. <laughs> and I'm such a pessimist that no matter what's happening in that situation, I'm negative thinking. So I don't even think I would have that thought in my mind of, oh, I better stay here and sacrifice myself with no. I'd be like, fuck, 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 fuck. I'd probably die of a heart attack from panicking. <laughs> That's the thing is, like, it is such an emotional scene, this drowning scene. But if this was real life, it would be more like rhythm yeah. like. They're also rational. Like Hurley is so rational. Which, which can I can I nitpick nitpick on one thing? Like if a door gets blown open of a sub, I'm sorry, it is not slowly leaking in and raising up like that. You are straight away filled up. You're all dead. Like you got a nitpick there, but the shot you know. of the sub going down is so good though. Um, yeah, and done well with the sub graphics for once. And then that, they they. <laughs> But they end on the last note of like the ding mm. of the life and death. Chicken feed is all you need. <laughs> <laughs> the little goes a long, long way. If, <laughs> if there's anyone listening from Australia who has recorded this on VHS, yeah, because it's still VHS was still sort of. Oh, I want to know. I'm dying to know what the first ad was after this. Well, I so ge- want to know that. How can generally we find how that? it's generally how commercials work is like the the lead out commercial and the leading commercial after the break is generally a promo for another show. So I'm guessing this would be like next time on Home and Away or like <laughs> Desperate Housewives this Thursday or I don't know what else was big back then. Uh, NCIS. Elizabeth Mitchell's lost Elizabeth Mitchell stars in V. Yeah, so like generally it would have been some sort of leader. Oh, the footy's on this weekend on seven. Like <laughs> it's the uh, Swans versus the Hawks. Yeah, <laughs> straight up a clash that could <laughs> define the eight. <laughs> oh, can we find that out? I'm dying to know. Like, do you yeah. have any connection to Channel Seven? Like, uh, what's her face? 
Can we switch I, I, decks? I don't know if Joanna Griggs is sitting around. Oh, Ben, I've got my VHS copy of Recording Lost back in 2010. Oh, um, she might know someone in the archives. They can figure it out. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll sure ask you next time I talk to her. Hi, Joanna Griggs. Just a random question. Do you have to be uh, knowing anybody taped Lost back in 2000? Oh, I do actually, Ben. <laughs> oh, I so want to know. Um, there's one thing I need to, we need to bring up the the elephant in the submarine that, Oh, I, I hate you. <laughs> I, that's me. Oh, You're better than that. I, that's a bad joke. Bad Ben. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> bad ben. Max Dawson, you, you can tweet out about that one. That one was wrong. <laughs> uh, I'm going to tweet out about that. Ben is fat shaming. Hey, I used uh, to be fat. I'm allowed to. Um. Yeah. Sometimes lost fans, or not even real fans, just drive me up the wall. Any fan of any community drives me up the wall. I just get annoyed by fans. But the, the, if I need to hear one last time, oh, genius so selfish. He let he could have survived because he had the the baby at home to look after, and now the baby is an orphan. That gets brought that got brought up the night this episode aired, and it gets brought up twelve years later. The amount of times I've read that on. Uh, Reddit or YouTube or Facebook. I'm sorry. For one thing, this guy has never met his daughter. And yes, I'm sure he loves his daughter, but he's literally seen a camera photo. He's been in the 70s for three years, for God's sake. <laughs> so it's probably not the first thing on his mind. Two, I, I dare you to be in a drowning submarine with your significant other and mm. to be, you've got about 30 seconds and to rationally think, oh, I probably should get out, swim. <laughs> Because there's a baby back in Korea that we may or may not get to because we're just blown up the submarines, though so that I might not even be able to get back to Seoul for. The, the amount of times people bring that up, and it's just such a stupid, it's like you're trying to take away from this moment. I don't think Jin is stupid at all for staying. Yeah, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a dumb thing to even bring up because, like, takes away from how romantic the scene. I mean, clearly they're just idiots who've never been in love who are tweeting that out, you know. Like, it's... it's. I mean, you've not been in love, Noah, besides being in love with me. Yeah, but, but I like, know. But, like, it's just... it's Yeah, and I think in that situation, it's... Yeah, exactly. You're not thinking about yourself. And then what's what's Jin going to do? He's going to get back home, raise little baby Jin and son, and be happy for the rest of his life? Like, he's always going to be like, oh, like, I could have saved my wife. I, I could have... Not saved, but, like, I, you know should have been there with my wife forever and he's not just going to go around and sleep around like son did. Um, so, yeah, no, that's, that's that's dumb. Like, I mean, it takes away. Like, people who are sitting there not getting emotional about how amazing this scene is. Ah, oh, selfish gin, little child. And once again, the world doesn't revolve around children. We were all children and we're all grown up now. So, like, like we're, clearly... We're, we're anti-children on this show. <laughs> speaking right now from two people who are probably <laughs> never going to have children in their life. But, like, this is just... Two this lead, girls not married with children. It leads into my whole thing about, oh, the children. It's always about the fucking children. <laughs> like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> like, what was I watching some news report the other day? 30 people died, including seven children. I'm like, I'm sorry the children died, but 23 adults died. Are their lives worth less because they're not children? They were once children. So, you know, like... I'm God. sorry, Colin, but the Oz Network's official stance, anti-children. Yeah, anti-children. You're the only dad on this fuck. Well, I guess Jamie's technically a co-host, but you're the only parent on this entire podcast. 
You know, our official stance on this podcast, anti-children. Anti-children. That's a signed, agreed, official stance. I'm sorry, Colin, you, you're I mean, under that name. I'm all for the art of making children, but uh, wear a condom. Simple. That is maybe the worst description of sex I have ever heard in my <laughs> life. The art of making children. No. Hey, that's no, my new book coming out. No. Ben Waterworth and the art of making children. <laughs> That is so gross. No. I don't know what type of sex you're having, but... Uh... The art of making... Oh, God. <laughs> Next time you hook up with somebody on Tinder, I want you to have that cycling in your brain. You're about to have sex, and all of a sudden you hear my voice going, the art of making children. <laughs> oh. So you've said some awful things, but somehow that is like... <laughs> the worst thing you've ever said the art of making children the art of making children and you didn't even flinch when you said that max dawson are you listening the art of making children tweet it out tweet it out i'll I'll be tweeting tweet shaming you (laughs) we'll put that on t-shirts yours network and the art of making children it does sound a bit like a sort of Harry Potter feel. Harry Potter and the Harry art of Potter. making children. You're an artist, Harry. I'm a what? Harry Potter and the art of making children. Oh, God. That's awful. And of uh, this scene of all things. Uh, oh. You're welcome. And the irony is Colin's not here. He's the only one who's perfected the art of making children. Oh, perfected? So, the two times he's had sex, he just got a woman pregnant. Doing it wrong, <laughs> if you ask me. That's a 100% strike rate. Yeah, but, I mean, if I had a 100% strike rate, I'd probably have the small population of New Zealand or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Humble brag. Well, you can have sex with a woman multiple times, Noah, particularly when you're in a long relationship with them, just to uh, clarify that. that. I don't know. <laughs> you, think, you think I know? I What's happened to me? I assure you I did not set that up. I'll tell you what, one day I'll work out what a relationship is and I might last more than 80 days when I get married. So we'll see how that plays out one day. I'll, I'll pass on a fax. I'll tweet it out. Yeah, you'd let me know when you figured that out. I'm, I'm dying to know. Um, yeah, oh, the art of making children. Well, Sun and, Sun and Jin, they... Did it once, um, and now they're both dead. Uh, but yeah, I've been wait- I've been waiting twelve years to rant about that because that's probably my biggest pet peeve of Lost fan. You don't know. I follow the Lost Reddit not every day, but maybe three times a week. I'll get on it. You don't know how many times that gets posted weekly. Like it's ridiculous. Like, um, Who's worse, Lost or Survivor fans? Survivor. Yeah, <laughs> didn't even hesitate. <laughs> Like, and stop fans. adding us on Facebook. Move on. Survivor Oz ended. So you got cancelled, remember? Max knows. Um, so To be fair, like the Lost fans are that toxic of a fan base. Um, mm. there, From what I've there seen, is, they seem pretty good. Yeah. I mean, we, we wouldn't know. They don't listen to this. But um, <laughs> We didn't get last in that the Lost on Reddit podcast. What shows do you listen to? I like Double Oz, not, 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 not Oz Network. Well, I, I went on... Uh, yesterday, the last Reddit, and there was a post from a lost podcast, uh, Michael Emerson interview. Ah, <laughs> oh, wow. And, and I did listen to part of it, and he's talking about, oh, now I'm doing this. Sh-. They're like, do you want to plug anything? And he's like, oh, I'm doing this show. 
evil, and it's it's pretty good. <laughs> Watch this week; it's actually decent. Um, I, uh, in all fairness to Michael Emerson, I will say we did reach out to his people, and it was never like a ignoring us or a no. It was a like a oh he's busy at the moment, but sounds interesting. Try again, and I did, and he never replied the second time. So they must have listened. <laughs> But in, in that interview, like, we're going on a bit, but Michael, does, we're talking about the Lost fans not being toxic. Michael does go into, like, this show what had such a big impact on TV and it hasn't been rebooted, and we'll talk about that maybe in our final episode, but it is weird that, that 12 years on, it hasn't endured that much. In some ways, I think its legacy is that people think of it more highly than maybe they did in 2010, like it's aged a bit better, uh, especially after some other crap finales and that. But like it, it's he, Michael talked about how it's kind of hard to find or like not hard, but it's not like plastered all over streaming. And it hasn't really endured. Of course, in a hundred years time, it will always endure as like the TV show that kicked off the golden age but it hasn't really like not many people are talking about lost which is partly yeah. why the fan base isn't very toxic i think it's kind of small fan base it's definitely a conversation for our series recap in a few weeks yeah. but I, I like i would put that down to the fact that since lost ended you've had show after show after show that was so groundbreaking and everybody followed i mean that was you know breaking bad game of thrones you know even the walking dead for a while we're seeing that now with like stranger things and just like it's not like we've had any shortage of these culturally impactful shows. So that's, you get lost in the the mix of it. And like, you, I know you're going to initially laugh at what I'm about to say here, but bear with me. Like, this is my argument with ER because ER in the nineties was yeah. like the, the lost of the game of Thrones. Like that was the biggest show on TV. And like, that was massive in the nineties. And that just gets completely forgotten about now how big of a deal that was. And I would still argue those earlier seasons of VR will hold up against anything of this golden era of TV today of how well, and that was a network show just like Lost was. So I think there are these shows that people forget the impact they had on television and how big of a deal they were because we are so spoiled for choice now with, with TV. But yeah, because is Lost still on Netflix or is is that now on, well, I guess it's a Disney ABC. Is it on that Disney Plus? I don't know if it's on Disney Plus. I don't version? have that and I never will. Yeah, well, because, like, I, yeah, I don't know this. I mean, this is when I was in New York. It's just the amount of streaming things are, you just want to watch one fucking movie. There's, like, 30 of them in the States. I can't imagine what they are like in other places. But that's why I don't use streaming services, and I'm still very 2006 and illegally download. Come and arrest me. I'm still waiting for it. Uh, Please. But, yeah, I agree with you. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a weird fact. So we talked about how this immediately cuts into flash sideways where we see Jim walk past, which they just had to do that to us, didn't they? Um, and then this episode ends with, um, oh, my God, like they wash up on the shore. This may be one of the best shot kind of mm. scenes. doesn't get enough credit for being such a memorable moment. But the way it's shot, the way that there's barely any music, but there's this sort of quiet music and they all wash up on uh and like kate's obviously a bit out of it sawyer's there coughing away and then they're talking about surviving and and kate says uh what about sun and gin no saeed but what about yeah. sun and gin no lapita racist um and jack just matthew fox does such a good job where jack just shakes his head and like mm. 
he saw, he said goodbye to Jin. Um, and Kate just puts her head down and, I'm sorry, give give Jorge Garcia and Emmy just off this one scene. Him breaking down is maybe, I'm, I'm going on a limb here, maybe the best crying kind of breaking down sadness, believableness I've ever seen on TV. Like that moment chills me. Well, I, 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 I don't, I don't want to take down. away from this, but time of recording this, you watch this week's Better Call Soul. Come on. Yeah, that's good. That's pretty good. I'll give that. Um, but like Jorge Garcia does not yeah. get enough credit in general, but for this moment, like, cause he's known these people for three years and that he's just witnessed their death drowning together. And they've gone through all this bullshit for three years and fighting against demons and whatever. And, and now like they're so close to getting off the Island and then they just didn't make it. And the way he breaks down, that kills me, I think more than the, the actual death. I cry at Hurley crying. It, it's crazy. And then the way Jack, I mean, let's give Matthew Fox his credit. He's got a lot of experience with doing his whiny sort of cryy face and he's good at it when he just sort of walks towards the beach and they're just, it, it's a bit sort of Empire Strikes Backy at the end where like you, some, a new hope we leave on a new hope. It's kind of cheery. And this is just, it feels like everything's just screwed and that there's no way we're going to get off this island and we're all going to die and the way he looks out to the ocean with that sort of quiet music and it says here cries bitterly but <laughs> yeah just hurley here yeah, come on even i think too. all of them yeah i i think evangeline lily because she's you know there was the the honest trailer has that bit where it's like kate cries um but yeah, I think that this Kate crying bit's great. Yeah, and this is where I think, like, as I mentioned before, reactions sometimes make scenes more emotional. Like, yeah, death is emotional, but, like, it's... Because we're watching this as an audience, so therefore, you know, we can react along with the characters' reactions because that's how we're meant to react, according to the writers. Um, so, yeah, it's it's so good. And I agree with you, Jorge Garcia, just like... Because I, I think we talked about this back when Charlie died, that I always thought that he breaks down when Charlie dies, but it's here that he breaks down. A little bit. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's... it's And it's like, it is that desperation. It's almost that, like, well, like, fuck, what are they going to do now? And even, like, this ending bit with, like, Locke walking off, like, you know, it's like... And this is where I will defend next week, where I think, like, yeah, we like it's all good to have, like, a bit of a breather. Like, like just take a step back, just, you know, calm it down a little bit and just have something that will then get us more excited for the final couple of episodes. So, um, yeah, it's it's a great ending. Are we going to say anything more about Jin and Sun or are we going to, like, talk about them? Yeah, we Not can... to take over here, Noah, as I always do. I guess my only, like, there's so much you could say. I guess my only thing is what I said. I wish that they had reunited earlier. I didn't mind them being apart. That was a good plot line. Overall, I think they did have good character development, but it's not on the level of a Sawyer or a Jack or a mm. Kate, I think. Um, but, yeah, when you rewatch season five and six, they kind of get a bit shafted, even season four. Like, they never, they big big wigs of the show, but just the fact that in 2004 they had a sh- character who doesn't speak English and that they had a full flash sideways it, with, with dumb bum Americans watching subtitles in 2004 for half an episode. Um, such groundbreaking characters. And 
Saeed, groundbreaking character as well, all of these people, but I don't think Sun and Jin are remembered, not just by Lost fans, but TV fans for the impact that they had. And I mean, I don't want to get give them too much credit, but they probably did have an impact on the way kind of white or black Americans view Asian people. And that they, they, as a white American, you probably hadn't seen an Asian character to this depth on TV in your lifetime up until 2004. Um, and not, not to that the it wasn't a where, stereotype. Like that wasn't just. Yeah. Not cheap, that it wasn't a stereotype yeah. in a sitcom or something. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so to have these characters who are a flawed, Sun is flawed, Jin is flawed, but B, who are people and that they love and they hate and they um, have issues and they have happy moments and and that they get their time in the spotlight. They're not, yes, they're sort of side characters, but they got two flashbacks in season one. They got two in season two. They got two in season three and one in four, five, and six. So, yes, they were sort of side characters, but they also still got to be the main character at some point. And I don't think they get enough credit for being, but having that impact, not to be, and obviously I have a bit of a, a, a stake in it because I've lived in Korea for five years. So it's great to see these sort of characters, but I don't think people even realized maybe the impact that they had on the average white American or Australian viewer at the time. Um, and yeah, Lee didn't have as much character sort of arc as, the others, they were never going to lead the island at the end, but just leading up to one of the best deaths and one of the best TV couples ever, I think. I think that, you know, you've had a lot of conversation nowadays about diversity and, and you know, different types of storytelling. Story Thank you, Ben. Stereotype. Stereotypes. But, like, you, you think about, like, this push towards, you know, female-led action movies you know black led action you know the the impact something like black panther had and all these kind of things but there's always been that conversation around then the asian american stereotype like there was that you know the oscar so white thing it was all talking about like where are the black nominees and i can't remember who it was um came out and was like well hey where's the asian american representation you know like things like that and i think really if you probably went back to 2004 as well but even with asian representation outside of stereotypes and this, that, and everything else, you also look at the different countries that would be represented for Asian cultures, and I would guarantee it would generally be China or Japan. You know, it like, what was Korea? Like, we die another day, it was two years before this, and they're terrorists. You know, like, it's North Korea, oh, that's the only Korea, they're evil. Like, so even just on that level of the fact that you're representing Korea, a country which I'm sure... Gangnam style. Oh, God, yeah, this is... Korea's the flavor of the month. So much now, isn't it? Games, everything. Yeah, now everything's Korea, but like, and now we take it for granted. But God, two thousand four. Even I personally, I like, I couldn't tell you anything about Korea. I'm like, oh, my dad drives a Hyundai. That's about it. Like, I mean, yeah. So like, it was even kind of that level. So yeah, so ahead of its time. And I think the thing that lost also, we don't think. I think you and I have never really talked about it. Is that. Yeah, we've just spent a time in this episode talking about how a, an Arab American blew himself up in a suicide bomb. But, like, I don't feel they ever really go out of their way to go into stereotypes or, like, make it a deal that these characters are, you know, not white. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of 
first season we might get a bit of oh where i'm from you know <laughs> korean people don't like black people or whatever it is and then like you know every now and like yeah saeed got accused of being a terrorist early on because of you know the way he looked like it wasn't the first episode so like oh he clearly blew up the plane or something like that because he's you know like things like that but like they forget about that and they move on and then and that's that's what i appreciate about anything we've talked about a lot on this show when it comes to diversity or quotas or whatever is when you don't make a deal out of it like i don't care if you look different to me or you sleep with different people to me or you've got different parts in between your legs and me like i i don't focus on these things in these to go like oh well, i'm not gonna like them because this as long as you're a good character i don't give a shit what you look like or who you are like, and that's what i think they do well in this show and they don't make a big deal out of it so yeah and i think they're both great love the love story maybe number two to me behind desmond and penny but um yeah they're they're great and Daniel Day Kim's a national treasure. Not to say anything against Yoon Jin Kim. I've only ever seen her in Lost. I'm sure she's great. Well, she's a Korean national treasure. She's a Korean national treasure. But Daniel Day Kim, like, even the fact that you have Daniel yeah. Day Kim, a man who, what, didn't speak Korean before this? Like, I, I couldn't have told you that. Like, to me, just it comes across so naturally. So, yeah. He just seemed like the nicest guy ever. He does. And, yeah. and Yoon Jin may be the most underrated actor on the show because she's a great actor. You never say she's like massive she... in Korea. Like she's a big household yeah, name. She's big. Yeah. She was in like one of the first sort of golden age of Korean cinema in like 2000 or something. She played like a North Korean spy or something. Um, I've never seen it, but I've heard of it. Um, but she's so underrated. You never buy for a second that she's not in character or anything yeah. like that. Like she plays the character of Sun so well. And did she ever um, do any other American TV? Yeah, she was. She was in that show where they play like prostitutes or something. Oh, I think we've talked about that before. Yeah. I need to see her in something. I'd like, like, I know we always talk about like, and this is going to scar us for the next five years. So I don't expect this to happen any sooner. Like, you know, maybe doing like a month where we just watch an episode of another show with actors. But I'd be intrigued to do that with Yoon Jin Kim because, yeah, I don't, I've, she's one of the few actors on this show that I've never seen on anything else. He is in a new Korean Netflix show that just came out at the time of recording, so I'm quite keen to check that out. Um, see her in her native tongue. Um, is that Money Heist Korea Joint Economic Area? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Good. I, I like. It blows my mind that she, like she is Korean, and Daniel Take Kim is the American. Like she's not American, as far as I know. Like Korean American. The, her English is amazing. Like she, yeah. she probably has the best English of any Korean I've ever seen. Um, as Me someone too. who works, as someone who works in the sort of language uh, path in Korea, like she was born her in English is amazing. Born in Seoul, immigrated to the US in the eighties, lived in Staten Island, and. Looks like she grew up in New York, so and then went to Boston University. Sense. So yeah, she grew up a, a long time in New York, uh, America. So yeah, but, she was also yeah. ranked number ninety-eight on Maxim's hottest one hundred list uh, mm -hmm. in two thousand and six. So there you go, ninety-eighth hottest woman in the world according to Maxim. Yeah, um, yeah, but like you talked about the stereotypes and that and they did kind of start that off with Jin as sort of like the controlling Asian uh, Asian husband. And stuff. 
but I almost feel like that was purposeful so that when they peel back the layers, it was kind of like, oh, no, there's more yep. to these people than you than you think. Um, and the fact that they held off on a gene episode for quite far down the line. Um, but, yeah, just shout out to both of them. And They did that a lot with stereotypes and that, though. Like, I mean, I guess early on we thought that Sawyer was the, the person who was wanted by the, you know, like they had a marshal and the handcuffs. Like, you know, they that's what they did, I guess, really early on. They had so many people that we're meant to believe did this when realistically, yeah, they, they weren't those people. It is just so on the money that on the money heist, uh, download now on Netflix that, um, <laughs> that they are just characters and this show is so diverse, but it never felt like they were doing that to be diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, Whereas today it does. You know. Well, it's double-edged sword because I wouldn't say the diversity nowadays is bad because it's great to see people yeah. that we wouldn't normally, Indian people, black people, Asian people, stories that we normally wouldn't get to have seen, like use Black Panther. We wouldn't have got that in 2004. Uh, so it is great, but there's something great. Even Kate, like there's definitely issues with Kate's character and Evangeline will tell you that. But even she like is such a strong female character that never felt like a Ray Skywalker who's where they go out of their way to show, look, look how strong she is. It just yeah. felt like Kate was strong and it just felt like Sun and Jin were just people and not the Korean people and et cetera. And Michael, he was just a guy. And um, and that's, and again, that's what always leads into it. And that's like my biggest problem with freaking Captain America, not Captain America, Captain Marvel was it's like, you know, it's great that we've got a female, but like when you literally have a scene of her kicking ass to I'm just a girl by no doubt, it's like for fuck's sake. Like you just Wonder Woman didn't do that. Like we just watched a great movie. Like it's, you know, and Evangeline Lily's great as Wasp. Like they don't go out of their way to go, like, oh look, she's got tits and a vagina. She might be different to those action heroes. Like it's you don't and that one bit where they all fly in. Oh, well, I think they've actually edited that out. I, th- I read an article recently <laughs> where I think even Disney have like gone and gone like, yeah, that's a bit too much. I think they've edited that out. I could be wrong, but yeah. I, just a slight side note, I did see a funny meme the other day that's like, for once can we have a black superhero that doesn't have black in its title? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like Black Panther. <laughs> black, what's that, Black Adams or something? Like that. True. Um, that's, that's a good point. That's quite yeah. funny. Um, yeah. So let's just finish off. We have this last little scene, light locks there on the. When did it get nighttime? Well, well I've written that down the, the, three times in this episode. It goes from day to night like super quickly. Because um, like, even when they're walking dusk? through the jungle, it's day all of a sudden. You're like, wasn't it night five seconds ago? <laughs> like it's yeah, it's weird. A great little uh, sort of ending when Claire's like there, <laughs> and locks like not all of them, and then he's like. Such a great sort of cliffhanger. And Terry's so good to finish what I start. Dun, dun, dun. Great little ending to the episode. I agree. And I know, again, next week people will complain about that and what I brought up afterwards. But I'm fine with it. I'm completely fine with it. I've, I'm at peace with having to wait two weeks for the follow-up to this. So, yeah, it's a great ending. And, like, as I said at the beginning, this episode goes by so quickly. And, like, yeah, it's known for one scene, but, like, everything else around it is great. Like, I don't think there's really anything bad in this episode. So, I mean, we've gone for basically two hours talking about how good this episode is. So, yeah. Yeah, a bit long, but it it deserves. But um, So, just trivia, there's a big quote. I won't read it, but Damon basically says what we said about the whole Sun Jin thing because people were complaining to him about Jin being selfish. Um, 
In one of the Easter eggs on the season six DVD set, uh, the cast is shown walking in a flood in the flooded submarine with Jin and Sawyer dancing like they were on Soul Train due to Jin's funky hair. <laughs> okay, need wow. to see that. <laughs> Ruins it. <laughs> Way to kill the moment. Um, in the season two finale, Michael is charged by the others to bring charged uh, to bring four survivors to them. Jack Kate's. Jack, Kate, Sawyer, and Hurley. In this episode, these four characters survived the submarine and are the last surviving candidates. That's kind of cool. Hmm. Um, the, yeah, that's the other thing about Sun Jin going. We are in, almost at the finale. There's now only five surviving 815 uh, passengers from season one, right? We've got Jack, Kate, Walt? Sawyer, Hurley, <laughs> uh, Walt, yeah. Claire. And Walt, and I guess TV Kimberly Joseph was on the plane too. Yeah, was she? And, did she get blown up in the mortar attack like a week ago? Did we talk about that? Was she one of the ones that ran in the jungle? Because I think Locke well, says I that. I don't in think this we episode. ever see her again, so it's up to you. It's like Schrodinger's it, Schroding, it, Kimberly Joseph. Locke, I think it's Saeed, because like. Yeah, because he, he explains to Jack, like, oh, there was a mortar attack. Most died, but some ran into the jungle. She's got to be alive because there's still children there. They're not killing children off on this show. They should. No. Kill more children off. <laughs> Oz Network, anti-children, so we, yeah. we would have, like... Why do children yeah. always get covered in plot armour? Like, like seriously, like, you know these shows where it's like, oh, no, don't kill the children and dogs. Like, I love dogs. I do. But I just kill... Like, isn't all of John Wick about him revenging a dog's death? Like, I mean, that bring great action. Kill more children and dogs, but not cats. Don't kill cats. Uh, this is this is where, like, people are saying Jin's selfish for not going back for Ji Yong. Why is he not selfish for not going back for Bobo the dog? Bobo! Bobo's got no parents. Is Michael selfish for abandoning Walt? Well, Michael is selfish, but... Um, <laughs> uh, Kate went to the see. island to get Claire. She could have died. Selfish. Left Aaron behind. <laughs> uh, this episode, Desmond's appeared in only five of uh, the season six episodes. Kevin Teague appears without speaking lines for the first time since the brig, an absence oh. of 49 episodes. Uh, this is the most cast uh, deaths. Uh, main cast, Saeed Sanjin beats Nikki and Paolo and Anna Lucia and Luby. Um, oh, what about the uh, opening ep- crash? How many people died on the plane? <laughs> as of this episode, there are more dead than living main characters. 17 of the 29 main characters are dead. Wow. Oh, that's cool. Who yeah. are the 12 that are alive? We're not going to go through that with you any long no. enough. <laughs> um. When Jack gets the candy bar, there is a candy bar next to named Lindo's, which is a reference to Damon Lindelof. That's pretty cool. Um, there is no previously on Lost in this episode. Um, yeah, so, no, I was going to say something that's wrong, but never mind. I'm thinking of next week. Move along. Um, any questions and answers? I don't think so. There's no questions. Um. No. Answers. Really an answer. Why I say it a zombie? Didn't we actually jokingly put something about like Saeed? Um, yeah, I can't think of anything. Where is TV's Kimberly be- Joseph? Well, we just debated that. Um, well, we wrote is it find- Sun or Jin? But we don't we find we don't ever find. Oh yeah, actually we did season six episode two. Why is zombie Saeed a thing? I mean, we never get really an answer to that. In our so. final, final episode, we'll go through all of the unanswered ones because there are some that got answered, but they're sort of like subtle. So um, I'm going to buy it. 
Yeah, me too. Um, definitely. Talking about yeah. it, honestly, I haven't ranked them, but I I wouldn't say it. It wouldn't fit outside of the inside the top twenty, but I would have to really sit down. But it's such a good episode. Talking about Ooh. it, honestly. On that, uh, <laughs> I've got this ranked thirteenth. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, I I love this episode as and not just because of the deaths either. Like, yeah, no, it's just. Exactly, yeah. I definitely think it's, it's overall it is a great episode. So I've got this as the second highest season six only behind Abiturno. So it is just above Do No Harm. Oh, boon. Uh, and just below the other 48 days. So uh, sandwich in between two good episodes there. So, yeah, 13th for me. Uh, I, I higher really than Hearts of Mine. Uh, significantly higher, you'll be welcome. But I've got this uh, two spots higher than LAX Part 1. So that uh, was the second highest season six episode. Um, yeah, it's been a long one, but I think it needed it for this episode. Um, probably will be the longest one outside of our finale. Um, <laughs> I've not actually really ever said my opinions on next week. Uh, yeah, but it is a divisive have. episode. I've been holding off. Well, I've, been I've been reading a lot of the opinion of this uh, recently, and it's like I, I thought it was just universally hated. I thought it was just everyone hated it, but no, there's actually some defenders of it too. So I, I like to see there's there a bit of a defense for Across the Sea. Some defenses, but probably more heaps than defenses. Yeah. Um, but Across the Sea is next. Um, definitely a notable one, if anything. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Um, yeah. I. I'm Academy Award winner. Is this our first Oscar winner in the show next week? I mean, she wasn't at the time, but she's gone on to win an Oscar, Alison Jenny. But one of us should be. I don't think I have ever hidden my love of this episode. Um, I really enjoy Across the Sea, and I think like watching it again. I've already watched it. It just solidified my love for it, and. Yeah, I, I'm going to defend the fact that it was, oh, so out of place. Why is it here? Um, I think it works and it just makes the ending of it better for me. So, yeah, uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I think it's been, it felt like a long time coming for this. And, uh, I mean, we've only got three more episodes to go in terms of our episode recaps. But, uh, yeah, bring on. Bring on Maggie Gray singing somewhere across the sea, somewhere in French. I can't sing it. Um, yeah, until then, uh, rest in peace, son. Rest in peace, Jin. Rest in peace, Saeed. Rest in peace, maybe Lapidus. Rest in peace, maybe Kimberly Joseph. Uh, until then, my name is Nora, and I'm off to finish what I started. My name is Ben, and I'm off to finish The Art of Making Children. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at theoznetwork.net. Thanks again for listening, and we'll speak to you next time.
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. (laughs)